Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of the Disney Dads podcast. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by my buddy Mike here. And guys, we are going to bring you a very special episode dedicated to the people who make and create all the magic in the Disney parks, and that is our cast members. Um, Mike, this week we received some terrible news after you know six months of park closure in California, and now uh, the parks reopened in Central Florida, but they're on a very limited basis that um, Disney was having to lay off over 28,000 cast members uh, from both the West Coast and the East Coast. Uh, Mike, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about your feelings about that, maybe your history with some cast members, um, your opinion on what Disney looks like with a um, kind of downsized force of cast members there to create the magic. But uh, but before we do that, buddy, how are you? You doing Okay. Doing good, doing good. Uh, you know, real quick, Laura had surgery on Friday. She joined the uh, Remove the Goldbladder Club, like uh, yeah. like uh, yeah. Katie and uh, and uh, Rachel did. So we're uh, in the recovery mode here. But other than that, talking about you know gut checks, man, this Disney news was uh, was something that I didn't expect. You know, I thought we were kind of going on a path where you know the governor was starting to open up stuff in Florida, and we, he said the theme parks can go back to you know full swing. And I thought for sure, you know, oh Disney's going to go back to doing the you know fast pass system. Things are going to get mm-hmm. normal. Have everybody yeah. come back to work. And um, what a gut check when I saw that news. You know that they were that they were laying off that many people. You know uh, I was really quite surprised and taken aback by that. I thought we kind of dodged a bullet. I thought that. The time off, I knew there was going to be some kind of cuts and whatever, and you know the limited park uh, staff that they have now because of the limited uh, attendance. I thought would have kind of made up for it, but apparently not. You know, uh, you know Disney Disney's going in another direction with that, which I was completely surprised. So I've been in the parks, and um, there is limited staff. There's many things that aren't quite reopened yet. It's not your typical Disney vacation. I had I had a lot of fun, but it's not your quite typical Disney vacation. But like you said, I really thought we were already rounding the corner i thought we were coming down the home stretch and this week and this news just showed me that hey we're just getting started like this this race is just starting to run uh Mm -hmm. with the disney company and decisions that are having to be made you know we have a lot of disney cast members that not only do we know but we have a lot of disney cast members that are close personal friends of ours and so this hits really close to home when you know we get those phone calls or we get those texts or those emails, and you see individual families struggling um, with this news, and not just financially, or not just you know uh, um, stress-wise. The one thing I can say, Mike, is when you're a Disney cast member, I think what makes a Disney cast member different than almost every other job on the planet is that 99.999% of Disney cast members live the lifestyle. They they are there to help and they are there to create magic and they love their jobs. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they love their job. So take, for example, when I was in college, I worked at Texture Us, and on the back of our shirts, it would said, we love our, or we love our jobs. I didn't love my job, you know what I mean? But as a Disney cast member, I really do think that, you know, the majority of them love the job, and a lot of the heartbreak comes from the fact of knowing that they're not going to put on that name tag, you know, for the foreseeable future. And that's devastating. Yeah, I mean, listen, I absolutely hate my job. I mean, I'm no, you know, there's, there's not a, you know, I've never had that, I've never hid that fact that, you know, I'm miserable at work and, uh, you know, I have a few more years left till I retire. And, you know, working at Disney was a, a dream job of mine, you know, and it wasn't about the money. It was about the actual, you know, doing nice things. And I didn't care what it was. I didn't care if it was, you know, sweeping up the street the end of the night when nobody's around or if it was driving a bus or if it was anything you know i just really wanted to work for that company and um you know hopefully as things turn around i'll be able to have that opportunity you know that was kind of one of my goals you know in the future but um i understand you know there's a saying that says if you find a job you love you'll never work a day in your life and i'm sure that goes to say it for a lot of the disney cast because they really love their jobs i mean you can't come to work with that positive attitude every day and and have that if you don't love what you're doing you know you really have to be invested in that and i think that shines through with them so many times i mean you know, this podcast, we've, you know, we always preach positivity and we try and keep that Disney atmosphere amongst us and our group the best that we can. And I think that we've always said how much, you know, we kind of use our cast members as role models, how we do this group. You know, they're kind yeah. of the way they carry themselves is kind of the way we try and carry this Facebook group, the way we carry this podcast, our family, our, the people that email us and text us and, you know, give us that little bit of encouragement for what we try and do to keep everybody together. I think we try and use them open as a role model you know as it comes to the way they carry themselves on a regular basis yeah you that's perfect you you put it absolutely perfectly this episode is going to be very special um during tragic times and during very sad times i think the one thing we can do and what this what our family's really good about the disney dad's family is coming together and um this episode's going to be uh much longer than our than our typical episodes but i think it's warranted and i think you'll enjoy it um because we're going to have some great interviews with some very specific people talking not only about the past um how maybe the disney company has been affected by not so much layoffs but been affected by tragedies and uh and tough times in the past and has always seemed to bounce back become bigger become stronger um you know brought more and more people into the workplace and uh, hired more and more cast members. Uh, we're going to look at, at the present. We're going to talk to uh, talk to some people directly affected, and um, you know, tell, let them tell their Disney story. And we're going to talk about the future, and we're going to talk about what the parks will look like, you know, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. Where are we going? What do we expect with uh, with these layoffs? And and when is the light at the end of the tunnel finally going to be here? To where we can finally, everyone can take a deep breath, and we can start to get back to that Disney normal. Uh, that that we can we can really dive into. And the last thing is, we're going to talk to someone who maybe can help some of these cast members, can help uh, with advice, can help with uh, job placement, stuff like that. So we're going to have some very specific guests on this episode, uh, and we'll get into those really really shortly. But Mike, I want to ask you a specific question. Uh, with knowing that a quarter of the layoffs, the twenty eight thousand layoffs, a little over a quarter, are coming directly from Florida, uh, you know if. You, it's no no secret we're all Walt Disney World people. I love Disneyland, but we go to Disney World often. We live on the East Coast. A quarter of the layoffs coming from uh, Walt Disney World of the layoffs. And 
it being a direct impact from Disneyland and from California's decision. Like, for example, Josh Tamara came out this week and he said, uh, and I quote, California's unwillingness to lift restrictions that would allow Disneyland to reopen exacerbated the situation for the company. Meaning, because they can't open Disneyland, they don't have that option, they are having to do layoffs in Central Florida. And that that makes me extremely sad. Extremely sad. Yeah, it has that trickle-down effect, you know. I'm surprised that uh, they didn't cut staff otherwise, you know, maybe in, you know, overseas, maybe in, in Disney, you know, in Tokyo or Paris, or you maybe cut back on some of the projects there to save jobs. I, I don't know. I, you know, I heard what I heard. I read the quote that Josh said, and um, I was quite surprised by that as well. Um, and like I said, I said earlier that I thought because Florida was going to be lifting theme park restrictions, we would have seen something return to more normal and more capacity and higher, you know, and listen, there's got to be a balance there. You know, if you have X amount of people coming to a park and you have X amount of people dining and eating and staying, you have to have a certain amount of staff to, you know, to provide for that, you know. Mm. So I do have faith that sooner or later there's going to be, a you know, a mess hiring back. And of course, you're going to hire your best qualified, you know, professional that you've had there before and hopefully they're not too invested in something else where they can come back um but it's it's definitely a sad time for what they have to go through now you know let me ask you this because i don't know much about unions and one of the big news stories coming out of the disney company especially with central florida is that a letter and this just came out about three hours ago a letter uh came out from um from Disney saying that 6,390 non-union Disney employees in Florida will be laid off starting early December. Um, it said the number of Florida layoffs though could grow as a company negotiates terms with a coalition of unions that represents 43,000 employees at the Walt Disney World Company. It's, for me, a bit bizarre to see the unionized employees are even in trouble with this. Because, Mike, you're, it's, New York City is a big union city. Mm-hmm. Am yep. I correct? Yep. Aren't the unions a little more protected? When it comes uh, to layoffs, you're protective when it comes to individual rights, but it doesn't always come to because I mean, listen, right now, if you know, it's not it's not an inside secret, De Blasio, our mayor, is dangling jobs right now, saying that we're looking to you know lay off people, and if we don't get certain kind of money and funding, we're going to be laying off city employees. And um, the only thing that I can say is the unions tend to establish a seniority. Uh, and mm-hmm. then with that seniority, obviously the you know last man in is the first man to go. Uh, so that's the only kind of protection you might have. Uh, they do protect your individual working rights, and mm-hmm. they'll try to make sure that if the layoffs do come, it's done in a fair and equitable way, uh, not just you know uh, getting rid of people that they don't like. It's going to have to be you know like a reverse seniority, it's d- done in a fair manner to the best fairly I guess it could be. You know, um, that's pretty much the only way that I can see that they can do it. You know. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot on this episode, you know, like I said, with very specific people who have very, um, they have knowledge in in all of the things talked about, the past, the present, the future. And it's going to be interesting to get their take and, and hear what they think about this whole situation. Um, but it is it is extremely sad. This has been an extremely sad week. And like I said, there for a long time, you know, we, we all had a rough, rough time, but I really saw a light at the end of the tunnel for Disney. I thought, oh man, the parks are back open, the uh, resorts are opening back up, the NBA's there, you know, doing their season. There's a lot going on in the in the bubble there in Central Florida. Um, surely Anaheim is going to be not far behind uh, to fast forward now and find us at our present situation where we are with the parks and now over 28,000 cast members no longer with the company. 
it's a uh, it's a very sobering time as a Disney fan, as a Disney lover, and and someone who really does appreciate and love all of our cast members too. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the future, and hopefully, we'll get to see this on the rebound. Hundred percent. Well, buddy, uh, I appreciate you joining me for uh, for an intro to this episode. Everyone, uh, we have got a very very special guest coming up first. Uh, we are going to talk all about the history of Disney with uh, with trying times such as after World War II, uh, with Walt creating the company. Um, times where they have had a rough time, they've been in the hole, they've had to lay off people, but yet we've made it through. So we're going to put everything into perspective. So stick around. Mike, have an awesome night. Thanks, buddy, for joining me. And right about now, let's head over to that first interview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this first interview of the special edition of the Disney Dads podcast based all around our amazing cast members. Uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I am tonight to speak again with one of our good, good friends of the show. Uh, he, he is incredible. Um, from his amazing books, The Wisdom of Walt, Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth, and Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, he also is a public speaker, the amazing Dr. Jeff Barnes. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Justin. How are you? And I hope uh, all of your listeners are doing great tonight as well. I, I know it's a really challenging time. Uh, that's sort of been the story of 2020, but um, really thrilled to be back on your show. Thank you so much. You know, I, I started thinking about this episode and I thought, who's the one person that I can get a hold of who has this amazing way of taking stories of hardship and looking at Walt Disney and the Disney story and bringing us all together to push us into the future and take that next step and keep moving forward. And your mind instantly came to, uh, came to me. And, you know, I read your books, I guess it's been about two years ago we had you on. It's been a, been a little while. And uh, I read your books and they still to this day, I'll refer back to them. And when all of this happened about a week ago and we lost 28,000 employees to layoffs over the next couple months, I referred back to a specific chapter in your book and it really, really hit home to me. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about a quote though that's in your book. Before we dive into the chapter, uh, you said, um, according to How to Be Like Walt, Lillian Disney, Walt's wife, once said, Walt never thought he was beaten at anything ever. Believe in yourself, no matter what. Believe in your ideas, your abilities, your future. Will you lose sometimes? Absolutely. Will you let a loss beat you? Never. That quote stood out to me because as I look around and as I talk to cast members, I get a sense of fear and a sense that they've lost. They've lost something they've loved, and they've lost a job that they hold passionately, and they really have lost a family uh, in, in their other Disney cast members in this place they go. Um, a chapter in your book, The Wisdom of Walt, is titled Facing Fear and Failure. Uh, I don't really think we can talk about failure because I don't think any of the, you know, no one failed in this, but we can talk about facing fear. And when I wanted to bring you on, Jeff, I was thinking of all the fears that Walt's faced throughout his life during hardships. And if we start at the beginning, one of those fears was Walt facing bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it is the signature story in Walt's life. And um, when I um, you know, give my keynote address, it is the signature story in, in, in that particular speech. And it all it goes all the way back to Laugh-A-Gram Studio in Kansas City, Missouri, in 1923, when at the ripe old age of 21, um, Walt 
went bankrupt. And um, that was a huge setback. Um, it was a failure that he never forgot. And I think the real temptation would have been to just give up. Um, but Walt did the exact opposite. He, um, uh, he boarded a train in Kansas City, Missouri, and he went all in on his dream, uh, Justin, uh, his dream to be a successful animator. And he boarded a train for California and he boarded that train with $40, a single suitcase and a one-way ticket. And I think what's so important about that one-way ticket is A, he wasn't going back or backwards. And then B, and this is the part that I never really talk about, which I think is just so fascinating. That one-way ticket was a first class ticket. Oh, I love that. Walt was so confident. He believed in himself and his dream so very, very much in the middle of failure and in the middle of that bankruptcy. And it was that decision that changed not just Walt's life, but literally um, the history of American culture. And I would argue literally the history of, of the world. And so as we look at where we are in 2020, and I would venture to say none of us are where we thought we would be in October of this year. So for example, um, you know, I'm going to be uh, headed out next week uh, to give a speech at a live event for the first time since February 29th. I had, I don't know how many events lined up, but because of COVID canceled, 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 canceled. And as we look at the landscape of, uh, you know, Disney's business and Disney's enterprises, yeah, the news of uh, the, the layoffs last week are just devastating. Mm -hmm. And yet you have to just trust. You have to have faith. You have to believe that something good and something positive can come out of it. What you must not do is give up and you can't ever allow yourself to go backwards. $40, single suitcase, one way, first class ticket. It's it, it really is incredible to think back that Walt was faced with such adversity so many times throughout his life. There was, you know, when he lost uh, Oswald, you know, that that is a that is a key moment in in Walt's life where he thought he had it. He thought, he, I've got my character. I've got it. It's successful. People yeah. want it. People enjoy it. Yeah. Oswald is mine. He loses Oswald. He once again boards a train. Yeah. And he has to create something new when he had lost everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's only five years after the first bankruptcy. And now because of the loss of Oswald, he is steering bankruptcy all over again. And... What I love about that story isn't just the creation of Mickey Mouse on the way home, although that is a great story. And it's not just that originally he was going to call Mickey Mortimer, which would have been horrible. Thank you, <laughs> Lily, for you know sitting him straight on that one. It's the telegram that he sends to Roy before he ever gets on the train. I was uh, doing a virtual presentation um, last month for a property management company. 
And I was talking to them about, okay, so, you know, we're in this really difficult time and the temptation is to just consume the media, consume the news. You know, what is it that you start your day with? And if you're not careful, it can just be filled with negativity, negativity, negativity. And, you know, before Walt ever boarded that train, before he ever came up with Mickey Mouse, he stops and he sends a telegram to Roy out in California. And the telegram says, don't worry, everything okay. Well, there's more than plenty to be worried about. And let's be honest, everything is not okay. (laughs) And we know this because he's lost Oswald. He is steering bankruptcy in the face all over again. Every animator that hasn't been hired away by Universal is facing losing their job and he hasn't come up with Mickey yet. And yet here is Walt being his typical optimistic self. And he says to Roy, don't worry, everything okay. And my challenge to the group, in fact, maybe my challenge to you and to myself and to everyone listening tonight is what if, what if for the next week or for the next month in the middle of all of the challenges that we're facing, we started each and every day with the message from that telegram. Don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. You know, you really you really hit Oh, I I love that. I you really hit something home for me though. And and I really love this. I think with the way social media is now and the news is 24 hours, you know, 24/7 news cycle that we have. It's hard for, and we're in particular talking about these affected cast members tonight, but it's hard for them to take a step away. I spoke to a cast member this week, and he said, I needed a break to think about what's next. That hit me, because I think that embodies the spirit of Walt Disney. He didn't say, I need a week to just forget about everything. He didn't say, I need a week just to cry in the closet, which is what a lot of us would have done. He said, I needed a week to think about what's next. And when you look at Walt, Walt never stayed too long uh, in, in, a, in a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he would realize his fault. He would realize something bad happened. And he would always move forward. He was always moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these cast members, you know, what this show is all about is, is showing them you have – one, the tools to to find your passion, find your dreams, you know, and, and and keep moving forward. And two, you have people who love you and have your back and that are here to help. And even if that helping is just listening, uh, you know, reaching out and talking to cast member friends. Um, but the one thing I've always said, Jeff, is about cast members. Cast members are different than any other employees that I know in that they truly do love their job. They embody the spirit of Walt Disney every day in the parks by passing on joy to others. And I think that, more than anything, helps you move forward and helps you move away from these troubling times. You know, we look at all the times Walt thought, I've hit one home, this is a big one, like with all the movie flops that he had. You know, a lot of people don't concentrate on those, they concentrate on all the Oscars and all the adulation Walt received. But there was a lot of movies that, you know, Walt didn't find successful. Walt Disney had far more failures than he did successes. And I think we can take comfort and solace in that. 
And I think the real temptation, Justin, is to think that we're living in an era where the situation or maybe even what we're dealing with is like terminally unique. And the truth mm -hmm. of the matter is 28,000 layoffs, that is awful, terrible, horrible news. But at the same time, it, it's happened before. Maybe mm -hmm. not at that level, but when the studio went bankrupt in 1923, people lost their jobs. Now, Oswald became successful. Guess what? He hired them back and brought them out to Los Angeles. And again, when um, Universal hired animators away, um, taking Oswald away, again, that was a crisis for the company. This cycle has been a rinse and repeat situation over and over and over again. And I, I think what's really important to keep in mind is Walt's real gift wasn't just his happy, happy, joy, joy optimism, although he certainly possessed that. It was this idea of resourcefulness. Walt didn't yeah. have unlimited resources, but he had unlimited resourcefulness. And what I would challenge anyone in this situation to include our unbelievable cast members is instead of thinking about what you don't have, which might even be your job right now, think about what you do have. And you've got Disney on your resume. Mm -hmm. So how can you leverage it, right? Yeah. How can you leverage that to the next right or great thing? Because there's going to be opportunity out there for you. Well, I mean, there's companies around the world that pay to have Disney come in and teach pretty much their traditions class mm -hmm. to uh, the, their cur the current employees of that company. What's better than that is to have a Disney employee right. that's already been through traditions right. and then embodies that spirit right. and knows customer service. I mean, that's, that is, if, if you are hiring right now and you see Disney, that, that resume has to go to the top of the pile. Correct. It's the gold standard. Definitely, a hundred percent the gold standard. Um, like you said, this this is not a singular instance. This isn't a one time thing that that the Disney company has been through. You know, you look back at another traumatizing time during uh, American history. And we look at World War II, correct? And you look at what the Disney company went through. You know, they had had the strike of nineteen forty one that they're coming off of. They had a few flops with the movies. Um, they now have moved on. The of World War II comes, you know, they lose revenue from being able to put out movies overseas right. at the time. They're housing uh, uh, troops there on, on Disney lot. Right. They are also, uh, you know, hemorrhaging money making propaganda films for the war. Correct. Out of, out of Walt's own pocket, yeah. which a lot of people didn't know at the time. Yeah, so a couple of important points there. First of all, um, it's been argued Walt never really emotionally recovered from the strike. Um, yeah. and, and he considered the studio and its employees to be his family. And so when they went out on strike, it was just devastating to him. And um, he, he didn't get it. Uh, and, and, and Roy eventually had to send him like away as in like out of the country away yeah. in order to get it resolved. 
and um, you know, uh, Walt's father Elias dies while he's gone, and he doesn't even come back for the funeral because it's yeah. like, no, um, you know, we're still resolving the strike thing, and you didn't have a good relationship with dad anyway. So, you know, you stay there, we'll bury dad and keep the hatchet buried as we work on resolving the strike. And again, you know, the strike represents one of those like downturn cycles in terms of labor relations within the Disney company. I know we love Disney as a brand, but we have to remember it is also a company, a corporation, a publicly uh, traded company. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a business and businesses go through cycles and are, are looking to make a profit. And sometimes it has to make very difficult kinds of decisions relative to the bottom line. Now, having said that, because Walt never really emotionally got over the strike, that's what ultimately led to his desire to create Disneyland because he never really engaged with the studio at the level that he had, um, say, with Mickey Mouse or even with, say, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It took Disneyland for him to really get vested all over again. And that's what gave him that energy and that thrill. Um, and, and if the strike had not happened, who knows, maybe he keeps that energy and that excitement level up and doesn't need the park to keep his career and his interests going. So again, that's another example of something that seems like a negative that I think is a really, really, really great positive. I love the cartoons, I love the animation, I love the movies, but I love the parks most. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think the parks is what really put Walt on the map as an American icon and, and an international figure. Definitely. I, I, I want to ask you this, and I'm just thinking about it. Do you think that Walt's upbringing, you know, Walt had a rough upbringing. Right. Uh, you know, Elias was very hard on him. Do you think Walt's upbringing led to his ability to persevere through tough times? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, he, he, he looked at his father and he didn't want to be like dad. Um, and, and I say that their personalities could not have been more different. I, I think the only commonality that they shared was the fact that, uh, Elias had been a dollar a day contractor at the 1893, uh, World's Fair or Columbian Exposition in Chicago, which sort of lit Walt up as a child, sort of that it was like, you know, who is this guy? You know, why is he so down? Why is he so dour? Um, you know, Elias failed and failed and failed and failed and failed. I think that's what terrified Walt when Laffergram Studio went bankrupt because he saw his father's reflection in that failure. And when he boarded that train for California, I think it was a real commitment of, I'm, I'm not going to be my dad. I'm not going to repeat those failures all over again. And so that was a real driver for him. And he really sort of thrived, um, not because of his dad, but maybe instead of his dad. Um, and, and yet at the same time, 
his, his dad almost to his dying day never really got Walt and never really understood him. I tell this story in my second book, um, Beyond the Wisdom Wall, in a chapter entitled Dealing with Doubters. And, and it's almost heartbreaking, Justin, because following the success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which made millions and millions and millions of dollars, um, some have argued to date it remains the most profitable movie in Hollywood history. And Walt uses those resources uh, to build the studio in Burbank that remains the Disney studio to this day, which tonight is the largest media company in the world. <laughs> and Walt is giving Elias a tour of this brand new state-of-the-art facility, and Elias doesn't understand it. He, he doesn't get it. He has no clue what it is. And he keeps asking Walt, well, what is it? Well, well, what do you what do you do here? And Walt's like, I make my cartoons, I do my animations, I I I I, I make and film my movies. And Elias just keeps saying, Well, yeah, son, but but what do you do here? And in exasperation, Walt just says, It's a hospital, Dad. And Elias <laughs> goes, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, son. Because it was literally the only frame of reference that Elias had for understanding the facility. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, one of the most iconic men to ever walk the planet in Walt Disney. And uh, he just couldn't, couldn't wrap his brain around it. Nope. And wasn't ever going to. And yeah. Walt just had to let it go. And it, it's heartbreaking to me. Just heartbreaking. You know, I was watching... Um, I saw pictures of Josh Tomorrow walking through, you know, downtown Disney there and there in Anaheim and uh, in in Disneyland here in, or Disney World here uh, in in Central Florida, and you know, to me, you know, there's been a lot of of changes in leadership in the Disney company over the years. To me, him being front and center kind of embodies to me what Walt Disney would have been too. You know, he's he as a leader, you're there during. You, you take the front as as during the great times, but you also take the lead during the terrible times. And to see him in the parks uh, really, I think, shows a form of leadership because it couldn't have been easy to stare cast members in the face. And for Walt to have gone so many times to have to look at, at his own, like you said, family. These weren't cast members. These were family. Yeah. And tell them, I have to let you go. Yeah. You know, I don't have the finances. I have to let you go. Yeah. First of all, I think... Part of the challenge in this current situation is because of social media. Um, I, I think we're more aware of the news than ever. And mm -hmm. um, it feels as though we know these individuals at a very personal level. Maybe we do, maybe we don't, but the emotion is there either way. And I've, I've seen these stories, I've read these stories and um, you know, they're very real, they're very powerful. And I give Josh a lot of credit for having done that because that's not easy. Um, it's great to read about walking the park and picking up the trash and, uh, you know, having the interactions that that's a completely different level in, in, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, when you talk about Walt treating the studio like family, uh, go back to Disneyland opening in 1955. Uh, he wasn't building an amusement park. He was building a theme park. But I think more importantly, he revolu revolutionized the industry because amusement parks were only open uh, during the summer season. 
Mm-hmm. Walt wanted Disneyland to be open year round. And the number one reason for that was he wanted to hire a family that would be employed all year long because he didn't want the seasonal workers that were associated with the amusement park or the carnival or the fair industry. Again, go back to the conversation that he had with his wife, Lily. Honey, we're going to build an amusement park. And she said, well, why, Walt? Those places are filthy. That's not just about the trash on the ground. It's also about sort of the seedy element that was associated with the operations. And Walt was very committed to having a family that ran his park. And in order to do that, he had to keep them employed year round, which meant the park had to operate year round. Now, was there a seasonal workforce in place as well? Absolutely. And in Southern California, that seasonal workforce by and large came um, from Cal State Fullerton, which was about five miles away. And it worked out perfectly uh, because the college students didn't go to school in the summer. Disneyland's attendance uh, went up in the summer. And so it was like a match or marriage made in heaven. And, uh, you know, so you had your, your, your family, your full-time employees who worked year round. And then the college students came in in the summer and, you know, supplemented that workforce and it, you know, worked out great. So Walt's vision from day one was we're going to be a family by and large, it's going to be a full-time workforce. And that's what happened. And he hired people whose sole job was to quote unquote, create happiness. And so when you talk about those unique cast members, it all goes back to the legacy and the tradition of Walt's original vision. Well, you talk about family, you know, Walt famously would, people would walk in his office and say, Mr. Disney. And he would say, Oh no, 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 Walt. (laughs) You don't, we're family here. It's Walt, you know? And I think that, that family aspect of things stems. If you have a good leader at the top, you should have a family aspect going down. Now, of course, business has to take place. Business has to run. But you should have a family aspect to where you care about the ones below you. I have a, I have a quote that I love in your book, and it says, uh, Our best leaders recognize that leadership has nothing to do with position or power. Your followers want to know where you're going to take them. Casting a compelling vision is critical to your success. Your followers need a reason to go where you are going. Leadership is not about managing things as they are today. Leadership is about transforming reality into your vision for a better tomorrow. So, Jeff, what I want to do and what I want to talk about is let's fast forward to the future. Let's fast forward to the present, where we are right now, and the leadership the Walt Disney Company has. In the next year, where do you hope that these leaders of the Disney Company take this trying, trying time and transform it to? Well, I think, first of all, you have to understand um, – Nobody saw this coming. Um, you know, when uh, the pandemic hit, you know, Disney was was uh, literally hitting on all cylinders. Um, you know, I, I had heard from folks inside the company that Imagineering had more projects in the pipeline than in the history of the company. And, you know, the parks were at capacity. Um, you know, the cruise lines were, you know, getting ready to launch, what was it, two, three, four more ships? Three ships, yeah. It was just, you know, a great time uh, to be an Imagineer, to be a cast member, 
uh, to be a fan and a follower like you and me and our listeners, and then just bam. And, you know, when I walked out of Disneyland on March 8th, I would have spent a little more time saying goodbye if I knew I was saying goodbye. I didn't know. And I think at, at, at this particular point, it's really hard to look into that crystal ball and, and see what in the world the future holds. Um, when I was there in August, I, um, I was in Orlando for nine days. And I will say this, um, I felt safe, I felt secure. Um, and, and, I, and I say that I um, was on medical leave for two months in the summer and it was great to get on an airplane. It was great to be back in the parks. And I, um, you know, I was really proud of how Disney is handling this. You know, the social distancing was uh, more than adequate. Um, were there things that I missed? Of course. I don't like going to the end of Main Street and the ice cream shop not being open. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Um, I don't like going past five ice cream carts before I get a Mickey bar and, you know, there's actually someone there to sell one to me. Um, you know, I, I've been there so many times, you know, I don't need every parade. I don't need every character meet and greet. Um, you know, the, the fireworks and the nighttime shows again, I'm very blessed and very fortunate. It's not a once in a lifetime trip for me. And so that's not a huge miss for me, at least on my first trip back after, you know, being so fortunate to go as many times as I've had the opportunity to go. And so, you know, moving forward, it's going to be adjust and pivot as we see where in the world this whole COVID thing is going to go. And so I think for Disney, it's really going to be a series of contractions as they try to figure out where where is the bottom line in terms of physical responsibility because they have got to figure out what makes sense both in the short term and in the long term and i would say to the listeners um disney needs your support right now if for no other reason that's what's going to keep our beloved cast members employed maybe not the twenty-eight thousand that were just laid off but we certainly don't want to see another round. And um, I, I thought it was magical. Um, it was great to be back in the parks. It was great to be back on the few attractions that I can actually experience right now. Um, uh, you know, the, the one park that might not quite have the vibe right now is Epcot. That's more mm-hmm. about construction than it is COVID-19, to be honest with you. Um, and so if you're wondering, well, should I go, you know, is it the same? Is it magical? Go. Um, it's magical. If you miss it, then get your fix. Um, because, um, you know, Disney's doing it and they're doing it right. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, and I'm hoping, uh, that to some degree, these layoffs are really a ploy to put political pressure on California to get Disneyland open. And I say that um, not as a political statement per se. Um, I I believe that, you know, COVID is very real. Uh, I believe that we have to be safe. I believe that, um, you know, lives are at risk, but I also believe that livelihoods are at risk as well. And so if, uh, you know, we can be safe in Florida, then there's gotta be a way that we can figure out how to 
do it safely in California as well. And, um, nope. you know, our economic livelihood depends on that. You, you absolutely know, you know, being geographically and politically different with Florida and California, we could put it easily put it that way. We're not saying something that everyone doesn't know. I think that the Magic Kingdom and and Disney, and you were talking about Epcot, man, what a just terrible timing. I mean, you put up those walls all around, and all of a sudden COVID hits, and you're just kind of. I think we're looking at walls at Epcot for a couple of years. I think it's going to be the, the the land of walls for yeah, a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a good starting point, and I think Disney's learned a lot, and they've they've transitioned throughout at their opening and and the couple months they've been open. I know just when I've been there, I've seen differences here and there that they've they've done. Um, the one difference I see with Disneyland is, you know, Disneyland, I, this is no secret. I've said this a hundred times on the show is my favorite park. Yeah. Um, I, I love Disneyland. You're right I about love, that, by the way. A hundred percent. It's, it's for people who've never been to Disneyland, go. It's incredible, uh, to walk where Walt did. You know, I stood in Walt's apartment, uh, my last trip and just taking it in that ambiance yeah. of just looking out that window is just it's one of the best experiences of my life but disneyland's also a little different in that walking from let's say uh haunted mansion to pirates the walkways are smaller you know the the area is smaller um i think they have unique responsibilities and unique uh challenges with opening both parks but without disneyland reopening there's no way the Disney company and Disney world can ever start to get back to a normal. Right. There's no way. Yeah. No. Um, you know, Disneyland is ground zero for the Disney parks worldwide. And if you've never been to Disneyland, you need to understand, um, Disney world is 150 times the size of Disneyland. Um, you know, Disneyland is 180 acres. Walt Disney World is 27,440 acres. Now, obviously, you know, the parks don't take up all of that acreage. However, um, you know, the ability to social distance at Magic Kingdom is night and day different than it is, say, at the original Magic Kingdom here in California. And, um, you know, the quote that I always use is, you know, Disneyland hugs you. Walt Disney World swallows you. Well, we haven't <laughs> lived in a world where there are a lot of hugs in the last seven months, right? Yeah. And yeah. so um, it is going to be a challenge because there are so many twists and turns and nooks and crannies, which gives Disneyland that amazing and magical storybook charm. But at the same time, it's going to be a social distancing nightmare. Uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle is 77 feet tall. Cinderella Castle is 190, 189 feet tall. Mm -hmm. And so to put this into perspective, um, the buildings on Main Street are proportional to 77 feet, whereas in Orlando, the buildings on Main Street are proportional to 189 feet. And so again, you have to just appreciate the size, scale, and scope relative to those dimensions and everything in the park plays out with respect to the size of the castle. And, um, you know, I, you know, and I, I'm not much of an athlete. I, I can throw a football from Tomorrowland to Adventureland. No problem at Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Don't yeah. think I can do that at Magic Kingdom at Walt <laughs> Disney World. You just can't. 
um, there's just massive, massive, massive amounts of space. Or e even go to Haunted Mansion. I mean, that, that might be the best example. Um, Haunted Mansion, uh, which is the only attraction that was built simultaneously uh, for Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Uh, they built two of everything and then just set it aside and shipped it uh, to or Orlando for opening day, October 1971. Well, understand because of the small space, when you go into the stretching room, the stretching room in Anaheim is actually an elevator. And the reason why it had to be an elevator is it takes you underground, six feet under, by the way. That's a joke, you know, Haunted Mansion, right? I was sitting there going, is it really? Gra That's amazing. Yeah, graveyard. <laughs> um, it, it literally takes you underground. And when it opens up, you are going underneath the railroad tracks, beyond the berm, and into a show building that sets outside the park. And you experience the entire attraction outside of Disneyland, and then your doom buggy brings you back into the park without you ever knowing or realizing that you physically left Disneyland. Well, in Orlando, the stretching room doesn't move. The walls go up, but you stay in the exact same space. And so when I was there in August slash September, you, you just walk right through the room because they don't want people gathering in the stretching room because it's a social distancing nightmare. Well, what in the world are they going to do with that in Anaheim? Yeah. Because you can't like walk through that room. It literally has to take you underground. It has to be an elevator. And again, how, how do you solve that problem and still move people through that? That's an example of the space difference between the two parks. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very unique unique uh, problem they're facing. But you know, look, if anyone can solve it, it's Disney. Absolutely. And they, I'm sure, have put a fantastic plan, you know, out. I, you know, I'm not privy to seeing that plan, but I'm sure it's fantastic, and I'm sure that it would work because the Disney company always works through these yeah. problems. And I and I think the point of what we're even talking about is Disney, whether it's Walt or Disney as a company. Disneyland as a park has faced these difficulties and faced these challenges over and over and over and over again. You know, I go back to the opening of Epcot. You know, Epcot was the world's largest construction project when it opened in October of 1982. Well, guess what happened when um, Epcot opened, which, oh, by the way, was in the middle of the company facing a huge financial crisis and ultimately uh, a, a stock takeover, which led to you know, Ron Miller being run out and ultimately Eisner coming in. Guess what happened uh, to the great Imagineers who gave us Epcot? What do you think happened? Gone. Massive, massive amounts of layovers. Now, fast forward to Euro Disney. Fast forward to Euro Disney a decade later, they spent how many billions of dollars to create a park that no one in Europe showed up for? Mm -hmm. Well, what kind of physical or financial impact did that have on the company? Again, another round of layoffs. Again, I'm not saying 28,000, you know, this is probably a record. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but my point is um, Disney's the business. 
companies unfortunately go through these economic downturns as Disney has done in the past. And um, we're going to keep moving forward. Just are. And at some point, we're going to find our way through this. And when we do, I'm just trusting we're going to be better on the other side. We're going to be better as individuals. We're going to be better as a country. Disney's going to be better as a company. And I would hope that we're all going to be better as fans, as cast members. Um, we're, we're all just going to be better as consumers. No, I, I, I 100% agree. And I hope too, that once we make it through this and, you know, times like this lead to times of growth, typically, you sure. know, it's ebbs and yep. flows and valleys and, and mountains. And, and I'm hoping that as we start to grow, that these cast members who have been affected are the first phone calls, yeah. uh, you know, to, to come back if, if they're interested in still being a part of the Disney company, because every cast member I talk to know, run into, spend time with, uh, the one thing you take away is they take a lot of pride in putting on that name tag. Um, they take a lot of pride in earning those pins. Yep. Uh, you know, legacy cast members and cast members that have been there for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, they take a lot of pride in that. And they take a lot of pride in telling the story, even if it's from custodial all the way up to uh, characters. You know, they take a lot of pride yeah. in who they are as cast members and what the Disney company is as a whole. Jeff, I, I can't begin to thank you enough for tonight. Um, the one thing I've liked for every one of our guests on this episode to do is to take a minute and just take some time and give some maybe words of encouragement or just, you know, however you're feeling about these cast members affected. Yeah. Um, you know, probably my favorite quote uh, that I give in my keynote, which is of course a Walt quote is all of our dreams can come true. If, we have the courage to pursue them. And it dawned on me the other day, you only need courage when you're afraid, right? Without fear, you don't need courage. And so for everyone who's afraid right now, and I get it, it's a very, very, very fearful time. Try to match your fear with the courage that Walt always told us that we needed to have if we were going to pursue our goals and if we were going to pursue our dreams. And so, yeah, it's a dark time. It's a dark day, but there's going to be light or a castle at the end of the tunnel. And um, just hang in there. We, we love you. We, we, we appreciate you. And, um, we're going to be better on the other side of this. Just make sure you hang in there and get to the other side. Uh, you always uh, have an eloquent way of putting things, and I really do appreciate it. And, you know, one thing that I am stressing to not only these customers affected, but everyone listening is go pick up Jeff's books. I, I have read both. And it's funny how to, and I don't know if you meant to do this when you were writing them, but when you when you wrote and the way you wrote with each individual chapter laid out with a different idea it's very easy in like right now to refer back to a single chapter to to really stress like an idea that i'm looking for it is a positive uh uplifting um motivating 
uh, uh, read, and I just can't stress enough. So if you'll do me a huge favor, Jeff, let everybody know where they can find not only your books, but also you're a fantastic public speaker, and they can read a little bit about you, uh, your history, and your amazing family there. Well, um, what I would encourage everyone to do is uh, go to thewisdomofwalt.com and uh, sign up for the free blog. Uh, I I know these are really challenging financial times right now, and so, you know, the Wisdom of Walt continues to publish uh, every other Wednesday uh, with a blog titled Wednesdays with Walt. So, you know, you don't have to worry about buying a $15 book. You can get uh, Wisdom of Walt in your email every other Wednesday, 100% content uh, that is free. And so you just go to the wisdomofwalt.com and, you know, sign up with your email um, with the blog. And then from there, if you're interested in one of the books, you can find them on Amazon. The first book, The Wisdom of Walt, Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth, uh, which is focused primarily on Walt and Disneyland. And then beyond The Wisdom of Walt, Life Lessons from the Most Magical Place on Earth, again, on Amazon. And that focuses on uh, the leaders who picked up Walt's dream following his uh, premature death in 1966, six months before they broke ground in Florida. Uh, again, same format as the first book, uh, but focusing primarily on Walt Disney World. And um, if you want to know more about me um, or, you know, a little bit about what I speak on, the workshops, seminars that I give, uh, all of that's at uh, thewisdomofwalt.com. It's a brand new website. We signed the contract for that the week that the pandemic hit. And um, it went live uh, the week that I had my brain surgery in June. Um, and if you Google uh, Disney motivational speaker, we are number one in a space that doesn't exist right now. So you want to talk about challenges and frustrations? That's mine, Justin. But you know what? I have faith, just like Disneyland is going to open up again, public speaking is going to open up again. And I look forward to that day. Well, I, I'm looking at the website right now, and I got to tell you, you look fantastic right there on that main page. So I can't, I can't, uh, I can't say to you know too much. You got to go check out uh, Jeff and uh, and all of his uh, stuff he's got going on. Uh, you've always been a great friend of the show. Well, thank you, and and a, and a great friend uh, uh, to me myself. And and I really wish the best for you, your family. Uh, I'm so happy to see that you uh, you're recovering and uh, you look fantastic. And it's always an absolute pleasure to talk Disney with you, and especially during these troubling times. I love Take it. an hour. And to uh, have a, a little positive chat about Disney and uh, these amazing cast members is something that I cherish. So thank you so much. Thank you and take care, everyone. Thanks, buddy. Welcome back, everyone, to this very special edition of the Disney Dads podcast, a show where we are dedicating the entire show to the amazing Disney cast members. Uh, You know, this past week, we've had some really troubling news come out of Disney. Uh, You know, I've always said that it's not the resorts. It's not the attractions. It's not the food, even though I love the food. It's not the drinks, even though I love the drinks. Uh, It's the cast members that make the magic of Disney. And with finding out that we've lost 28,000 and and potentially more uh, cast members, it really was a uh, a, a just complete rip, I mean, of the heart. I just have a hole in my heart this week. Um, And we just talked to Jeff Barnes. Jeff Barnes, what a fantastic guest, a uh, a published author. You know, uh, he's, of course, lives right there at Disneyland and is still just struggling with the fact that he can't be in the park he loves and uh, it was great to get his perspective on things and talk a little bit about the history. Uh, th- my next guest is someone who I love dearly. I've both 
looked forward to this uh, conversation I'm about to have and dreaded it at the same time, if, if that makes any sense at all. Because uh, I absolutely love this person. I love their family. And they've become very, very close with, uh, with not only Disney Dads, but with Katie and myself and Riley. And uh, we always find time to try to see them when we're in town. So uh, without further ado, I want to absolutely take the pleasure of welcoming my guest, Aussie Dave Griffiths. What is up, my friend? G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. It's so good to see you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good to see uh, people and to be connecting and talking things through at the moment. Yeah, man. Uh, and this is what this is. We're just going to have a conversation a little bit. Um, you know, you, before, I mean, we're going to start right off the top because I want everyone to know you are, uh, you worked for the Disney company for how many years? Um, that's always a fun question. Um, I have Disney, I've worked for the, the Disney company for most of the last 13 years. It was a short hiatus in the middle where I transferred off uh, Disney Cruise Line. Mm -hmm. um, but I have been a status cast member uh, in Walt Disney World for seven and a bit years, nearly seven and a half years. Gotcha. Uh, and we can go ahead and say that this these layoffs this week um, directly impacted you and the position you had at the time. Yes. Um, so what was it? This was um, just over a week ago from yeah. when we're recording this. Um, and I received a call uh, from my head of department and I, I already had his number saved in my phone and I saw his name come up and we'd all received the email the day before and I saw it and I, I, I think I kind of had an out of body experience. I can see my, I can see my reaction. It was a physical reaction to a name on a phone because I knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, and right up until that point, I think there had been hopes and prayers and justification and trying to get through it and think it's not going to be me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, uh, when I got that uh, uh, call from you, text from you, uh, it was a call and I, it was like five o'clock and I just, you know, I see your name pop up and you, you and I are always smiles and laughs when we're together you know what i mean we're constantly telling stories and we're having a blast and i saw your name pop up and i it's the last thing i expected brother the last thing i expected and uh man what a what a just jolt uh to you know you found out the day before that it might be happening and then not less than 24 hours later you know for a fact that it impacted your family yeah it was a very quick turnaround there wasn't really time to do the math and figure out whether it would be you and make your peace with it beforehand it happened and um yeah and and then in addition to that um the following day um my wife who has worked for the company for 17 years um less than less than eight months after she graduated college she was working for the disney company um more than 17 years with the disney company and also uh one of the cast members that was laid off well, let's let's uh, let's journey back a little bit. Hmm. Um, let's talk about you finding Disney, uh, not as a not as a cast hmm. member, but you finding Disney as a child. Because if people don't know, you're not originally from the United States. Correct. Uh, you are 
from somewhere extremely far away uh, from the center of the happiest place on earth. How in the world, brother, did you find Disney? Was it all cartoons growing up or did you love the uh, the history or did you see the parks on commercials? How in the world did you find yourself I becoming think, so passionate? I think I've actually told part of this story um, as a, a two, I think when we did a, a conversation with the patrons. Patron group, uh, yeah. Um, and um, so... The, the the short version of it is that yeah i didn't have a theme park and i am forever jealous of any any cast member or guest when they start telling me about those moments as a kid that they have those memories and i mean i have really cool memories don't get me wrong of growing up in australia but i i grew up in a small country town 5 hours west of sydney Mm -hmm. um we're talking well and truly out <laughs> into the middle of nowhere not quite not quite the outback so right. to speak but we're, we're definitely headed that direction um i grew up on a small farm uh the the town that we were right near um that had about two and a half thousand people in it total and i remember there was a really big celebration when we got a traffic signal one year like that was the moment for the right. year. just so everybody understands when i say a small town that's kind of the small town aspect of it um and so my connection to disney was yes the movies um i was one of those kids that could quote and still am uh one of those people that can quote multiple disney movies front to back and not miss a line like the entire yeah. thing um and um and so i then as an adult i was going through a transitional period trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life and uh, all of those things in my mid-20s and um a friend of mine we went out to get breakfast and coffee one morning and um we sat across from each other and he said hey so you know how you're looking to travel uh, you know how you want to go and do something and you're trying to figure out what that is. Have you thought about cruise ships? And I was like, that's amazing. I hadn't really thought about cruise ships. That seems like a really good idea. And then about five or so minutes later, he goes, so you know how you're a big Disney nerd? And I was like, yes, I'm proud of it. He goes, did you know that Disney have cruise ships? I went, no, I didn't know this. And he goes, cool, I printed you an application. What a friend. Um, yeah, good friend. Printed me an application offline on how to do it, um, how to apply. And I went through a recruiter um, in Australia that sourced people for Disney Cruise Line. Um, and then um, and I even interviewed over something at the time, which was brand new. We're talking 13 years ago. I interviewed over a thing called Skype. Skype. And it was amazing. Um, and so... Um, and then I had a phone call with uh, a woman who worked in a magical place called Celebration. Um, and then I packed my life into two small suitcases and with a piece of paper in my hand that had that said I had a job on the other side of the world. And I got on a plane and I still say that it is one of the scariest things I have ever done in my life. Just talk about a leap of faith uh, and to say, this is what I'm going to do. And the Walt Disney company 
particularly Disney Cruise Line, met me with open arms. I will say that I was a little thrown off because I thought I was going to be staying at like this amazing resort when I, and because <laughs> the piece of paper told me I was checking in at something called All Star. And I mean, I've got to learn. So, um, but yeah, so um, I. Uh, stayed at All Star for a couple of All Star Sports for a couple of days, um, and then boarded uh, the Disney Wonder. And one of my favorite Disney memories ever. And I know a lot of our listeners, uh, your listeners, love um, love Disney Cruise Line. Uh, I have a vivid memory of sitting on the bus that, on the coach that they were transporting us on early, early in the morning driving over those bridges yeah. and the first time I saw um I get chills talking about it even now. Um I remember seeing the funnels and of the Disney Wonder and saying, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm gonna do my thing. That's your home. I mean so for me that's it's gotta be uh, almost surreal to where you like you said, I mean, you lived your dream as scary as it was yeah. to leave Australia. You left the family behind. Uh, friends behind and set off on your own a, a, a couple of months later i was i was standing on top of a cruise ship where they would hand me a microphone uh at the pirate deck party and go make sure everybody has fun and i'd be like how many people are out there and they're like oh a little over two and a half thousand people which is the same size as the town i grew up in <laughs> on top of the ship yeah like and so, yeah, like just incredible. Like, and so then in that time, Disney had in the last 13 years, um, things I have got to do. Um, where do you start? The wonder, the magic, the magic in 2010, I did the Mediterranean and the uh, inaugural cruises of the Baltic. Um, oh, nice, the first yeah. time we ever did the Baltic in 2010, um, I was. Um, part of the inaugural year of the Disney Dream. I was actually on the second voyage of the Disney Dream. Um, my now wife, um, who was my co-host, went to Germany, got the ship, brought it back. I walked on board. They said, excellent, let's do some training and then we, and learn some new shows. And we went with it from there. Um, opening of the Disney Dream that, that first few weeks was absolutely incredible and insane at the same time um coming back to the disney company after leaving um disney world and um and then resort concierge um at disney's animal kingdom lodge um oh uh, getting one of the most sought after roles within the Disney company as a Walt Disney world VIP tour guide, um, being trained in that firstly, and then later being status and saying, this is what you do permanently all day, every day. Um, and last, but definitely not least, probably one of the biggest highlights was having the opportunity to, uh, facilitate traditions and welcome new cast members to the Disney company. Um, yeah. So it's let's, been a journey. <laughs> let's check. Let's let's dive into your journey a little bit, um, and let's chat about traditions in general. Okay, okay. Um, we're at a tough time right now. You know, uh, the cast members are even the ones that are still employed are I think are both afraid 
and are extremely sad to, to like you and I have chatted. You said my Facebook page is just one after another, after another, after another, you know, it's, it's very sad to see what's going on. And I mean, and it's still happening. Like right. there was a huge influx of them uh, initially when uh, those first couple of days um, when myself and my wife uh, were laid off, but then like it, <laughs> give me a second. Um, it was just absolutely heartbreaking uh, to scroll through and see incredible cast members. And I mean, that's such an understatement of a term because we all know that when you go, oh, there's amazing cast members. No, there is the most incredible, talented, skilled, professional, giving, loving, wonderful, pick a superlative people that are drawn to and make their home um, within the Disney company uh, on both coasts and watching, watching them fall has been demoralizing. Um, uh, one of the people that taught me uh, not traditions, but my um, the welcome to Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge class. A, a dear friend of mine who I've stayed in contact with, um, also been furloughed. Um, I had somebody today post, I'm not sure when they were told, um, but she actually taught traditions with me. And to have had that opportunity to teach traditions, um one of the most heartbreaking moments for me um, was, and I'll take a moment to tell a quick story, was a young girl who came up to me um, in the lunch break of traditions one day. I'm in the middle of teaching the class and we are all gathered around, we're talking, and she comes up to me and she goes, I want to talk to you because you've already told me uh, at the class about how you've had the opportunity to move. And I was like, yeah, there's lots of chance to move. Why? What are you looking to do? And she goes, I want to work in entertainment. I want to do the things that you've talked about. Um, I want to, I want to be part of that. Um, but I couldn't get, a, uh, there wasn't any roles going in that. And I'm about to go into merchandise. Mm. And I was like, don't worry. Merchandise is incredible. You're going to have so much fun. You'll learn so much about how the company operates and all of that. Six months from now, you'll then have the you'll um, have the opportunity that if it is something and as uh, roles become available, you can apply and change roles. And um, about eight months later, she reached out to me and let me know that she had uh, applied, auditioned, and been cast and was headed across into entertainment. And um, and I've actually had the chance to speak on this show about some of my other jobs uh, that I also do and that kind of intertwine with entertainment from time to time. And last year uh, I worked an event as the DJ and she was actually working with me uh, in entertainment. And so it was almost this full circle moment where we got to work together. And the same day that I posted, um, she also posted that unfortunately she'd been laid off from the Disney company mm -hmm. and like people that you built these connections with, like I literally met her on her first day um, with the Disney company. I've 
been part of her journey. Um, I've been, I don't, even, I don't even think I've necessarily been a mentor, but I've just been somebody who we kept in contact and uh, she would reach out and ask a question and I'd like see if I knew somebody to point her in the right direction better than I could. And, and now all of us are just standing like islands just going, well, what now? What do you think the Disney company looks like in the next year, two years, three years? What do you hope for? Um, I want to, I want to give you the Disney answer that everything. Give me the real answer. And I think that's scarier is that I don't know that answer. Um, It's, and we're already starting to see it. Um, I hope and pray that we get back to where we were um, quickly. Um, But, I mean, there's so many different factors that come into play with it. Um, we, We all understand why we're at this juncture in the narrative, what has taken place um, until we get a um until we get better testing and um and um a vaccine and things like this to start like i mean disney disney world disney as a company is an incredible litmus test of of american capitalism and the economy mm-hmm. so to speak i mean when when uh, and Jeff had the opportunity to talk earlier about how when things affected the world, we've seen that effect in the Disney company, and and when things are going really well, we've seen that effect in the Disney company, and then we look at major events in the last twenty years where you look at what happened post nine eleven and the two thousand and eight. Um, recession and how that affected us and how we built back and now and now we're staring down the barrel of the world needing to figure out how it's going to function and how these gears are going to start rolling and the Disney company trying to do the same thing at the same time um i i think I think we, as you asked me that question, you said two, three, four years. And I was like, oh, I hope it isn't four years. Like, like we, uh, if, like, hopefully we as society and we as an economy and uh, as I just mentioned, like comparatively, the Disney company can figure out what we're doing and, and start to drive it again. Um, within that time frame, but I mean, nobody really knows. And I think that's probably the scariest part of it. Um, it's something that took a little bit to come to terms with in the last week or so is that, and I mentioned this to you and I hope I'm not jumping ahead on a no, question no, no, when we chatted, no. but um, it's one of those things where as an adult, 
in a workplace, if you did something that was incorrect or against company policy or that you know you shouldn't have done, like you'd get hauled into a room and there'd be a discussion and you'd, and you'd possibly be let go. And as that person, you're able to say, I did this and now this is the consequence. And the scary part about all of this for all of these cast members, for 28,000 individuals and families in, in America, there's this moment where they're like, and that's just within the Disney company, but they're saying, I, nothing that I did affected this, but this is the consequence in spite of that. And now we're just kind of trying to figure out what next. Let me, let me ask you this, <clears throat> because if there's one uh, company, and not only the company, but if there's a group of employees that um, I think can not weather, but but can be the great American comeback story. It's the Disney Company. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know the you know the inner workings better than most. You know, and you know that traditions doesn't just be. It's not just taught for you know first day hires. You know, traditions. I'm, I'm sure is all the way up the chain. People yep. learn traditions. Yep. And um, I, I hope that as we look in the future and we see this comeback story that Disney's at the forefront and these cast members that are affected now, such as yourself are at the forefront. They're the ones coming back and telling their story. Um, I, I said this multiple times uh, to Jeff and, and, and I've said it multiple times on the show. There's not a, uh, a job that I can think of where people go. I love my job. I love my job. Uh, I told the story before on the show already. The <laughs> when I was in college, I worked at Texas Roadhouse as a server, and I had to wear a T-shirt that said "I heart my job." I hated my job. <laughs> I hated it. It was horrendous. You know, I didn't like it. Uh, but I wore this shirt. That name tag, uh, the Disney name tag, is the "I heart my job." And my question to you is this: because as an outsider looking in, when I see someone with that name tag, I see pride. What does it mean to you to put on that name tag? It goes over your heart. Um, it's actually one of the sentences we say um, as part of your traditions class. And it's something that you, that, it, that's where there's only two fun trivia. There's only two roles within the Disney company. Sorry, three, two and a half roles uh, that don't wear their name tag on the left-hand side. Um, for those of you playing at home, it is security guards, um, bus drivers, and female Tower of Terror cast members. Moving on. Um, really? Yep. What an interesting fact. There you go. Um, this is, these are the things I know. Um, Everyone else wears it on their left. Um, it sits over their heart. And there's not a moment in the last 13 years where I haven't put it on and thought of that. Um, 
it is symbolic. It is your connection to what we do as a company. Um, uh, the common goal uh, of our company, um, uh, the mission statement, so to speak, um, we refer to it as our common goal, and that is that we create happiness by providing the finest world-class entertainment to people of all ages everywhere. And then when we break that down and we talk about those first three words, it is we create happiness. Mm. And that's what a cast member, the cast member's job is. That's what our role is. That's what every single one of us is there to do. And we link those three words to that name tag. It's, it becomes a part of us. Um, even when you leave your name tag at home and you end up wearing somebody else's, um, it's, it, it's the symbol of what you're doing. And there's a lot of those that are now being put in shadow boxes. There's people that are staring down the barrel of never wearing it again. Mm-hmm. With yeah. with being a Disney cast member, um, comes not to steal a, a quote comes uh, great responsibility, um, but also that you're never not a Disney cast member once you are in my eyes, because you're taking the lessons you've learned throughout your next adventures in life. And whenever we talk to people, especially people hiring, uh, you, you know, they, there's a, there's a reason why companies around the world pay top dollar to have Disney come in and teach customer service. <laughs> And what better way to have that sort of, you know, uh, uh, pride in your company than to hire Disney cast members, you know? And, and I think that's what this episode is, is stressing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's futile for me to look at you and say, it's going to be okay. You know, as a friend, I'm here and I'm, I'm here to, you know, listen and, and try to be, be there for you and the family and, and, and all that. And, um, but but also, there's a lot of opportunity, I think, for Disney cast members. I think that resume goes right to the top of, of the pile. At least it should if you have a good hiring manager uh, because they offer so much. If you're talking right now to hiring managers uh, on behalf of affected cast members, what does a Disney employee bring to a company that other people can't? <laughs> um. I actually was thinking about this um, during your opening um, as you were segueing into this part. Uh, you referred to the fact that, like, we have these amazing theme parks, but you said it's the cast members. Um, the Walt quote that obviously goes with that um, is that Walt Disney once famously said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world but it requires people to make that dream a reality. Mm. And there's one word in that, in that quote that I've always liked. And one of the, and it's actually one of the words that occasionally gets changed 
and you're like, oh, that's not actually the right Walt quote. <laughs> um, and you're more than welcome to check me on this because I've listened to it myself personally many, many times. Um, the word is requires. He said, and some people go uh, quoted as he ta- it takes people or it needs people. No, it requires people to make the dream a reality. Um, and when when a person finds their home within the Disney company, and they have they they realize that they are one of those people that Walt was talking about in that moment when Walt was alive. He was referring to this person so many years later who is still doing that and still continuing that. There's this moment where they realize that that's them, that's that's what they're here to do, and that they're part of this legacy. To then go into your question, when they are in this circumstance, no longer part of that legacy, and they start looking for what they're going to do, they're still, as you said, part of that legacy. They take it with them. Um, For me, most of the last 13 years has been dedicated to being part of that and even having that opportunity to teach others that and bring them in and talk about the Disney company and show our love for it. Um, and, and now we get the opportunity to look at where we're going to take these skills and this talent and this, this incredibleness that has been fostered and grown and where are we going to channel it into and any, any employer, any company, in the world who sees a a cast member um, resume come across their desk, you're silly for at least not giving it a second glance. Like, Like if it doesn't get that second glance, you're doing something wrong as a recruiting manager because, um, and there was actually something that, um, that Jason posted in the group, um, and it was an internal memo, but for sharing, um, where somebody was talking about this exact thing. And that is that these, these people who have done the Disney college program, uh, have, they know what it's like to start at the very bottom of, so to speak, of the, of, of the functionality of an operation and see everything that it takes to get to um, some of those higher roles that their skill set has now grown to. Um, Anybody that has moved within the company means that they they have faced off against thousands of other talented individuals that were also putting up their hand and saying, yes, I want to change departments or I want to be a coordinator or I want to go into leadership. Um, when I, I, during my time where I left the Disney company, I actually worked, um, uh, with another cruise line and I went from being, uh, I went from being a cruise staff entertainment host that jumped around and was a pirate on stage 
and I was suddenly made cruise director. Um, and I was like, oh, so what sort of training do I get on this? And the head office of this cruise line said, no, nah, don't worry about that. You're, you've worked for Disney. You'll be fine. Um, and so I went from being, I don't think well, it's a, it's a different brand, but I want to call them a minion. Um, like somebody just running around doing that thing in the functionality to suddenly being in charge of an entire department with 40 people and, um, reporting to me. And, and I suddenly had to learn how to like run team meetings and, um, hold like, and hold people accountable to their tasks that they'd been assigned and, um, and disciplinary action and things like this. And I, I'd never done any of that. And you don't get, you, you can sometimes get to a position like that in other companies with no training. That doesn't happen at Disney. They have programs and classes and months of shadowing and learning and being present in the room to witness elements of those things so that you're ready and prepared when you are now then placed into a leadership role. So you find somebody who has been a leader at Disney and they, they aren't somebody who made it up as they went along and learned on the fly. There's somebody who has been trained and crafted and molded to deliver excellence speaking as a disney fan uh, from the outside of the company um there's a lot of us right now that are hurting for you and there's a lot of us right now that are hurting in the fact that we want to do more and 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 you and i were talking on the phone and look financially it's so impossible you know because it's just it's twenty eight thousand people you know as a disney fan you know, whether they know Disney cast members or maybe they know families that are affected. Um, what can a Disney fan do from the outside to help right now? Um, a couple of things come to mind immediately. Um, putting me on the spot. Wow. I know. I know. Um, I mean, uh, the Disney Dads podcast family have been nothing short of incredible. Um, and done some amazing things to help cast members, particularly in these last six months, seven months. Um, a, a great example would be um, a during the patron um, chat, we talked about um, a cast member pantry, um, and we, the dads posted it in the group, and there were people writing and donating money and getting in touch with this group. That's actually still functioning. Uh, here in Orlando, it's an incredible resource. Um, there are there are people that worked for the Disney company, and because they did it for the love of it, um, were not in the most financially stable situation, and were living paycheck to paycheck. And now that paycheck isn't coming in. Cast Member Pantry is um, a group of cast members that are actually working together to um, and getting in contact with charity groups and they're doing food drives and doing supplies for cast members. Um, it's been working right through uh, the furlough and um, it is now also particularly focusing on uh, those laid off and those directly affected 
um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, the other thing that people can do, and this is one of those things that uh, I don't really know how to say it, except come to Disney. Yeah. Um, it, reach it, for those who are worried. I completely understand. For those who um, are unsure and uh, and have heard things and are looking, talk to the people in the group who have already been, who have rolled that dice and said, "Hey, we're going to find out what's happening, what it's like." Um, by comparison, um, a friend of mine, uh, no, somebody, I apologize, somebody actually posted about this today um, in the Disney Dads podcast about uh, in the Facebook group about visiting, let's call them other entertainment <laughs> options uh, in the Orlando area um, and comparing it to a visit to Disney World. And I mean, my wife and I laugh about this all the time. Um, and we actually sometimes refer to Disney World as Kansas because when we leave it, you're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, when you go to any other company or you travel somewhere else on an, on a destination vacation and you don't receive that treatment that you're used to, you go, Oh, well, not in Disney World anymore. Um, and that difference couldn't be highlighted more than the way different companies are dealing with the insanity that is currently taking place. Mm. Um, I mean, I have, I have been to every entertainment offering in the Orlando area um, in the last, um, in the last few months uh, since things started to get going again. And there is a marked difference in the way companies are handling it. And Disney is leading that charge. Um, you, if, if you want to feel safe and secure, if you want to be doing something for the cast members, know that Disney are going to continue to take care of you in the way that they always have. And, and come and visit, come and see for yourself. Um, and, yeah, because until and, – and it is such a mammoth ask. Um, you said, like, what can we do? Like, yeah. we, can't, we can't really give money to 28,000 people. Like, not everybody, I think not everybody has that change sitting on their back seat. <laughs> like, um, like, what can each person do? And that is as the world starts – rolling again and as we start moving forward um once people get back to that point wherever that threshold is for you personally to start traveling and start doing things again and feeling safe and secure include disney in those plans um and then we hear things about the state of florida had taken away the requirement to wear um, a mask and things like that. And that is, that is an, 
love it or hate it, that isn't going anywhere at Disney right now. No. Face coverings are staying in place. They have an entire team of people that they have employed who walk around and remind you how to accurately wear one. Um, it, th- this isn't something that everybody was thinking about two months ago, and now they're like, "Yeah, whatever, it'll be fine." No, w- this is a focus and an and an acknowledgement of the Disney Company and our role in ensuring the safety of everybody. Um, so, yeah, so we so when we're looking for what to do for people for the Disney Company. Um, come and see us once you're once you're comfortable with it. I know it's not, and as I said at the beginning, I know it's a big ask. I know this is us saying, like, we know what's going on in the world and we know how scary it can be. But that's how that's how we get back. That's how that's how we turn this around for twenty eight thousand people. Uh, you know, I've, I've been down multiple times. Jay's been down. We've had a lot of people in the group go down and I've seen nothing but positive, uh, uh, responses from everyone who's visited the park since, um, myself included. And I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. It's weird, Dave. Like I, when this happened last week, you know, I'm coming down in a couple weeks. I almost felt guilty at first about going and I had to kind of change my way of thinking of hey if i don't go if i feel guilty in the fact that i'm still going uh you know not only are these cast members affected not only can we not start the journey back but how many more cast members we affected if people thought the way i was thinking at the moment now i think it was you know you have those moments where you're angry and you're scared you know and and hurt and you know and i we katie and i were talking about and then it quickly dawned on me that exactly that if if you want to get out, Disney's the place to go to feel safe. I feel better at Disney than I do uh, uh, running errands around here. You know, in Charleston. Yeah. 100%. Totally. Now, I will say this. You kind of said something about other theme parks. There is a water park, and I don't... I love the place, but I feel very comfortable because the voice that speaks to me <laughs> uh, makes me feel very mm, comforted it and, you, doesn't it? and loved. Uh, and so I, you know, when I hear that voice, I, I start to get a little nervous. Then I hear the voice come on, and I settle right down. So uh, that's that's <laughs> can't um, can't put that one in there. But, right. The quick side note for anybody listening is that um, through some of my entertainment uh, involvement in the Orlando area, I have also had the opportunity to do some voiceover work for a water park, uh, in the Orlando area, one that's associated with SeaWorld. Um, so if you're, if you're ever at Aquatica, um, we hope you enjoy the Australian tonality of, of the thing of that particular water park. And you really hammer it home, don't you? Oh I mean, yeah. You, we turn yeah. it on and we have some fun with it. it, it <laughs> it's not quite an Outback Steakhouse commercial, but it's, um, it's, it's right up there. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, a little bit. Um, you actually don't have to come to Orlando for that either. If you're headed to San Diego or San Antonio, Texas. Um, yeah. All of them, huh? All three. Lovely. Love, now I have a reason to travel to, uh, <laughs> to Texas and, uh, and get out there and, and hear that oh, lovely yeah. voice as well. Um, I, I got. I got to tell you, uh, when I did this, um, y- having you on was very important because I wanted to have 
your voice, not even the accent, but your <laughs> voice as a affected cast member to speak on behalf of affected cast members. Um, and I know that you can't speak for everyone, but uh, you've kind of told us as Disney fans what we can do. Dave, if you're talking to your Disney family and you're talking to your cast members you've worked with and even the ones you've never met, what words of encouragement do you have for them right now? Um, with everything that has happened in the last seven months um, and particularly in the last 10 days, um, it's really easy to to fall in a heap um, and to assume that that's where we are, that's what we're doing, and that's all we've got. Um, as Jeff has already talked about in this episode, the Disney company has weathered a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you're a fan and probably knew of many of the things that Jeff was talking about, and you also know I'm a fan. And, like, we as we as the Disney company have stared down all sorts of incredible things with Asian conglomerates threatening to buy out in the eighties. And, um, I have a, I have a friend that talks about that was working on nine 11, mm. um, and has told me about what it was like directly following that. Um, and, and the Disney company has weathered these, like even something as, as heartbreaking and, and potentially damaging to the company as the death of Walt himself. Um, in 1966, like they didn't know what was going to happen. And, and it took people within the company, namely his brother Roy, mm -hmm. to step up, take the lead, and continue to move the company forward. And we're going to have that happen. We know this based on the history of the company, based on what Jeff has talked about earlier, based on what we have, what we know, that's going to happen again. It's just a case of when and how and a case of what will be different. And yeah, there's probably going to be some differences. Um, but when it starts again, when it starts moving again, whether it's me, whether it's one of the cast members who has stayed, whether it's one of the cast members who comes back, which we know there will be, there's going to be cast members mm -hmm. that return to the company. Um, Whether it's, whether it's the next chapter of people that walk into a traditions class and learn about what we have weathered and learn what, it's, what it means to put on that name tag, um, the Disney company will be back. We'll figure it out. And the cast members, 
will continue to be a pivotal part of that. Like that what quote doesn't suddenly change because of what happened in 2020. The requirement of people to make the dream a reality, that stays. That is a cornerstone of what we do. So so to quote a friend of mine um, and um, one of my leaders and a and a cruise director of mine when I worked on Disney Cruise Line, um, go and do something else for a while because the Disney company will still be there. I vividly remember me trying to figure out what I wanted to do and having reached a point in my life on cruise ships where I wanted my next challenge and I wanted the next opportunity and with the fleet of ships um, being so comparatively small, um, I had started to look at other options and that might take me away from Disney Cruise Line and I expected to be told, no, we'll figure something out, we'll mm. find it, we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, and this dear friend of mine who I am still in touch with, this cruise director, said, Dave, go and do something else. Disney will still be here. It took me only 18 months to figure out where I wanted to be. But, yeah. Uh, brother, I, I got to tell you, man, um, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight and and talking a little about your disney history and and kind of the current status of the parks and uh and and the cast members that have been affected you know they say no good idea at disney ever dies and i think also once you're a cast member always a cast member and i think uh we're gonna see like you said we're gonna see cast members venture out they're gonna have experiences they're going to uh live amazing lives but then once things are back to normal they're gonna come back with you know, I not only not only Disney fans, or Disney customers, the whole new uh, kind of gratitude for the parks and and for the experience and the journey we get to have together. Correct. Uh, and to segue back to what I was just talking about with that, um, I remember sitting in my interview to be a Walt Disney World VIP tour guide. Um, it was, I think, the second or third interview in the in the run to get the role, to get the opportunity to train. And there had been there'd been interviews and then certain people going through to the next round and all of this. And I was I was sitting in the room and one of the one of the leaders who um, now runs a major part of my department um, he said, he said, Dave, you've had amazing opportunities to work in entertainment and be this big, loud professional. And his question was basically like, um, how do we, how do we as a person and as a VIP tour guide know when to rein that in and, um, and turn on the professional element and, and it doesn't always need to be the biggest show in order to be a show. And, um, my answer to him was, um, was that if I had been asked that question four years earlier when I worked in entertainment exclusively on board the ship, 
I probably would have sat opposite him and tried to like sell him on how I could yeah. rein it in. And I said, but it's having had the experience of being outside the company and seeing how other professional enterprises operate that I now know within myself what I need to do in that moment. And I think this is um, it once, once we breathe, once we hurt and once we get through this, this really tough time, there are going to be amazing opportunities where these incredible people that have already demonstrated their, their light that they bring to the Disney company um, are going to learn more about what they can do and what they're capable of and how special it is to do what we do at Disney. Um, and as a result, I think there are going to be a lot of them who do end up coming back. And it may not be this year. It may not be next year. It might be five years from now, but you'll see a cast member and be like, didn't you used to do this? And they'll be like, well, in 2020, things changed, but now I'm back. Um, and, and yeah, I think that's, that's going to be, if there is a silver lining, I think that has to be it. Um, that they get to take this moment and learn something new from a different point of view. Uh, buddy, I, I know this couldn't have been easy. Um, this is a very, you know, it's, it's very fresh. It's, it's, uh, it's hard on, on so many, but I think your voice is going to be very therapeutic for both cast members and Disney fans out there um, to hear it firsthand what we're going on, uh, what, what you guys are going through. And, uh, and I have to tell you this, um, I love you guys. Uh, the Disney family loves you. The Disney dad's family loves you, you and the family. And you know that you aren't alone through this. We're here. And um, if you ever need someone to talk to, if you ever need anything, we're here for you. Thanks. And my friend, I'm uh, not going to say bye. No. Um, no, we don't say bye. Um, to that point, really quickly, I apologize for interrupting. But no, you're great. To that point, it's... It has... I'm not going to lie. I'm fine. Um, it has been an incredibly tough time um, with and learning and coming to terms with it and figuring it out, what it means, what it means for me, what it means for my family, what it means for my friends. Um, and I, I do appreciate um, I've had multiple members of the DDP uh, reach out and and let me know that they were thinking of me, um, that they were thinking of the Disney family and and the Disney cast members in general. Um, and I've even had some incredible people uh, that I've met through the DDP come forward and say, I want to help with this, I want to talk about this, I want to... And I haven't even had a chance to get back to them, um, but I... 
I truly appreciate um, the the sense of community um, that hundreds of thousands of listeners feel to <laughs> these three random dads <laughs> <laughs> that said, hey, let's talk about Disney. Um, and um, and I just, I truly, I, from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of all of the challenges and grief that we're dealing with, um, thank the Disney Dads podcast family and, and Jason, Justin and Mike. Um, it, it has, it has definitely made it easier. Um, there's a, a quote on a wall in Kadani village. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, that says, um, friendship doubles happiness and halves grief. And I think that sums up um, what I have what I have learned about the Disney Dads podcast family in the last uh, couple of years of being part of it and uh, being included in it. So thank you. No, thank you, buddy. I uh, I love you guys, and um, buddy, I will. Uh, man, I will see you real soon for sure in a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, we will. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Welcome, everybody, to this third edition of this special episode dedicated to our cast members, uh, where we are looking at the past, the present, and the future of the Disney Company and our amazing cast members. For this third edition, I'm joined by the amazing, our great, great buddy from Two Men in the Mouse, Kevin Kessler. How are you, my friend? Hey, I've got you put me in the main event slot. Man, it's like the best booking of my life. As soon as I knew I wanted to do a show dedicated to cast members, I thought, who can I get? That is one, a Disney personality, two, entertaining, and three, I just love spending time with him. I went, oh, Kevin oh, Kessler fits but, all three of those. So, well, now I feel like I have to buy you dinner. So, well, that, we can do that. I'll, I'll be in Central Florida uh, quite a bit over the next couple months. The reason we're here, buddy, is to talk about the parks. Um, you know, you and I love the Disney parks. You live in Central Florida, you're right there, you're right next to them. This has been a very trying year for not only all of us as uh, American citizens and as global citizens, but really as Disney fanatics and, and people who love not only the parks, but love our cast members. And we've seen major changes. Um, when we look at what I really thought was going to be the light at the end of the tunnel, we got this news this week where 28,000 cast members are laid off. And a quarter of those are coming directly from Walt Disney World, which impacts us both directly more than the Disneyland side. Um, we've kind of spoke a little bit about the past and we spoke, of course, about the present, but I want to speak to you about the future because I think the one thing we can look forward to is maybe getting back to some normalcy, some foreseeable time in the future. And I think when people before pre 2020, really, Kevin, look at what the Disney parks 
were going to be. They were excited about the 50th. They were excited about Tron. They're excited about uh, Guardians. They're excited about all these new additions coming to the parks. Where do you see the Disney parks in the future? Uh, what do you see them looking like now that certain things have had to be scrapped? Maybe certain things that we don't even know are pushed back. Uh, would you would you foresee? Because look, it all affects jobs overall. You know, I mean, if if you can't build, you can't put cast members there to work it. So, where do you see the parks in let's say the next one, five, and ten years? I mean, Disney's one of, if not the biggest employer in Central Florida. So, I mean, it's definitely going to impact the entire area. But uh, going forward, I mean, you know, Florida's governor has basically said the theme parks can return to regular operations, which I think is just absolutely insane right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Disney is not going to do that for a while. I think yeah. they're going to play it safe. And so I, I think you're going to see changes implemented for at least another 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and they said they're going to be doing things in phases. Um, we've seen recently they're starting to increase capacity a bit. Um, maybe it's a little too much uh, for some, myself kind of included. I, I've kind of been keeping away lately, looking at some of the wait times and some of the crowd levels that have been going on, even on a weekday. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I had been staying away from weekends for a while, but I mean, you know, I think that certain things that have been implemented are here to stay possibly even beyond a 12 month period uh things like um you know uh mobile ordering becoming the norm i think i think that is something disney was doing anyway and so i think that that's something that you're going to see a lot more of and, and um you know also things like you know like have you eaten at a restaurant since covid many like, times yeah many many times yeah like you have to do the qr code to get the menu right. from the phone i think that's here to stay for uh, for the foreseeable future because that's a play, that's a way you can cut costs is mm -hmm. not having print menus um <clears throat> i think that masks are going to be around for i mean i would i would say a year i would assume disney's going to want to have things mostly back to normal by the time the 50th anniversary hits on october which is which is about a year from now yeah yeah um now the original timetable was they wanted all these new attractions opened by the 50th, you know, right. Tron, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of the new Epcot stuff. Uh, you know, that was kind of the hope was that it would all be open for the 50th. Is that still going to happen? I think Tron, yeah. I think that's a good chance. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a, is a fairly good chance of opening by then. Ratatouille, definitely. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would go as far as to say definitely on that one. Um, but you know, it might be, it might not be in time for October 1st, because remember when they did the 25th, it basically went from October to October. Yep. hundred percent. You know, so we're going to have, and like, so I think people think that like January 1st, 2021 is going to hit and they're going to be like 50 years. It's like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Right. It's going to be, it's going to start on October 1st, 2021, and it's going to finish on October 1st, 2022. Yeah. I think the, I think the bright side, if we get anything out of this, is maybe that by then things won't be back to normal enough that they won't put a birthday cake over Cinderella Castle. If that's uh, yeah, the case, then I, I that's a huge that, bright spot. Yeah, I think that. The, could you imagine if they did that again? Like, I mean, I was <laughs> I was there for the twenty fifth. Uh, were you there for it? I was there for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like my first trip that like I remember because my 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 trip before that was like I was really little. Um, but yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that was, it, it was not a good look. I know some people really enjoyed it, but for me, I mean, I do, I like the fact that I was there for it. 
Yeah, like, me I, too. Like, like Pete has friends where like that's the only time they ever went. Oh, don't do that. That's like watching yeah. a bad movie and saying you'll never turn on a movie ever again. Yeah, I, I, I think you nailed it too with certain things were so far along in the process, like Guardians and Ratatouille and, and uh, Tron, that I think we're going to get those. I want to talk a little bit about, because you mentioned it, that the parks have been more crowded, specifically yeah. Hollywood Studios. That, that park in general, I was there two weeks ago, and I walked in. I tried to get Rise, didn't get it, because uh, I'm doomed. Ow. I'm doomed. Uh, I've, I still haven't ridden it. I've been there. You gotta many, go many with times. me, dude. I, I, I've got, I've got it down to a science. I have the worst luck ever. I, uh, I, I was there. I left 30 minutes after park opening because yeah. the queues are so long. Now the problem is though, there's not enough cast because you don't have the shows. You know, we're just now got the frozen sing along back open. Yes. But yeah. without those shows eating a thousand or two thousand people an hour, Hollywood Studios legitimately only has six or seven attractions. If you really right. think about it. Yeah. And to fit all those people, even though it's socially distanced, and even though you have, a, you know, less people than normal with a park reservation system, it still is a nightmare. I mean, the queue, Kevin, and I'm sure you've been there, maybe seen it. The queue for for uh, Tower Terror stretched out all the way back through Fantasmic, and then back out, and then back down Sunset Boulevard. Jeez, it was crazy. That's, it was crazy. But my point is, you up. can't you cannot run Hollywood Studios without a full cast um, of these shows. You just can't. Yeah. yeah, you need Beauty and the Beast live on stage. You need, you know, there's Little know. Mermaid. You got to see. You got to have those lasers, man. Got to have them. Yep, hundred percent. I love Little Mermaid live on stage because it has puppets in it, and I know yeah. a bunch of Disney puppeteers, and they're great people, and I hope they get back to work soon. But um, yeah, like uh, Hollywood Studios definitely is going to have an overcrowding problem, and, and that's not going to change anytime soon because it's the park to go to right now. Yeah. And even when things like Tron and um, Guardians open up, I still think that Hollywood Studios is still going to be the the park to go to because of Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. The one the one perk to with Hollywood Studios, Kevin, is that especially depending on the resort you're staying at, whenever we talk about art of animation and some of the other resorts, you have more transportation options. So you have the Skyliner gondolas, you have the bus system. Uh, we got word this week that Disney minivan service has been discontinued. Yes. Now, they have a full service, a full fleet of, of Disney minivans. It's something my family, even though it costs more than a Lyft or Uber, my family used quite a bit because they had booster seats or car seats. And when we would have our munchkin with us, then we had that already taken care of. Plus there was something special about waiting and a polka dotted uh, SUV or minivan pulling yeah. up and taking you and a cast member being there to drive you. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I never got to go on it. Um, but I mean, I loved the fact that that service existed. Uh, I thought it was a little pricey, it but is, yeah. um, especially because, you could Uber anywhere on property for under ten dollars, yeah. Um, but I think it was what twenty five dollars per it, trip on a. They minivan? started the twenty five, and then they got rid of that, and they started just doing a. Um, it depended on how far you went. Oh, okay. See that 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 I like, but uh, it was still more expensive. It was still like it was pr practically like getting a. Like you know how you get like a black car, like an XL car on Uber or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's you're paying like that price. So it ended up being like 30 bucks, something like that. But my point is, so now you've taken away a valid transportation method from Disney, right? You've taken away, of course, jobs from cast members that we've lost this week. Um, 
And as we look at the parks, if they continue to socially distance the parks over the next year, which I agree with you, I think they're going to. I think up until summer of next year, we're going to see maybe they go to a little more people, a little more people. But if you continue to have to social distance the buses, they're going to have to come up with something new because I've ridden those buses and they go from holding, let's say, 60 people to only being able to hold 20. Could you imagine? I, I can't even imagine what it's like because we, we stayed at, at resorts um, three times Mm-hmm. since covid happened and each time my girlfriend is always like oh you want to take the bus i'm like no no <laughs> we have a car why are we gonna do that she's like oh well, the bus is in front i'm like i agree i love the buses but we're we're, we're staying to this park till it closes and that was a wait when buses could be shoulder to shoulder right like like now oh my goodness Especially because I'm, I'm sure there's a reduced, um, no, there's a reduced fleet on the road. Like the, there is, that's yeah. be a nightmare. There is, and the way the seating and the buses are, whenever you get in, it's you know groups of three or groups of yes. two, and you're you're being placed in your position by the by the driver. By the driver. Um, we, we my did, question: we, we did one bus when we weren't staying till closing, so I did. Oh, gotcha. Here. So you experienced, you at least experienced it then. It was like literally, I did it for the show. Like literally, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll take the bus to Epcot because I just want to see what it looks oh no we did it to magic kingdom because i'm like you know what magic kingdom is a a hassle to get to when you drive in anyway so might as well take the bus it'll be easier uh we drive to hollywood studios animal kingdom and epcot we do not drive to magic kingdom we would usually use minivan service if we did that because it's just easier if you drive to those parks you still are multiple uh transportation methods to get over to the park well, that's the thing. People love the Disney transportation. It has a lot of great memories for a lot of people. But in terms of sheer ease of like, you know, you got to think about the version of you that's going to the parks. It's all excited. And oh, yay, the Disney bus. And the version of you that's been there for 16 hours, yep. who is sore and cranky and just had it with people and you're wearing a mask over your face for all this time in the Florida heat. Yep. And you just want to get back to your room. And then you're waiting for another hour and a half for for buses. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's it's not going to be a good thing. Um, so yeah, something definitely, some incentive definitely needs to be there for people who have cars to take said cars. Oh, 100%. And also, we're talking 2020. We're not talking, you know, 2018. So right. we're talking. Look, you you can socially distance in your car. You're not you you're just you and your family. You know. Like that's, you're not on a bus. So now this takes away the stress from Disney going, oh my goodness, we have to get all of these guests as we try to get more and more people into the parks transported from one location to another. If we can give them some sort of incentive to, maybe it's a $5, I mean, look, maybe it's a $5 Disney gift card. Maybe it's something small, but it allows you, or it's, it says, hey, if you drive from here to here and you they scan your magic band and they see you're staying on property and now you're driven to the park, hey, here's a little, here's a little something. Here's a pin, here's something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that really opens up availability to bring more guests in yet to uh, to still socially distance transportation. Because that transportation is a huge, huge hurdle, I think, for the Disney parks right now. The, the walking path to from the Magic Kingdom to the TTC is soon going to be open. It will, yes. Uh, because the bridge is basically done. They're just putting some big touches on it. So I think that's a game changer also for driving in. I mean, yes, that is a long walk. Like, that is a hike. Yeah, I've walked I've walked as far as you could before mm-hmm. from like the poly around. You know, you used to you could get through like the uh the Grand Floridian, it kind of cut off right there. Yeah. Um, now you can go all the way. Now you're gonna be able to go all the way through the Grand Floridian, through the poly, and from the poly into the uh TTC, which is a game changer 
But also at the end of the day, how many people are going to want to do that? Yeah. Is the yeah. question. I mean, I think that the biggest threat facing Disney for the next year, and this might be me getting up on a soapbox. So if you have to cut it out. You can no, you're it. good. That's what it's about. But, um, people are, as time goes on, people are getting tired of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And people at Disney are getting tired. And it worries me. Because if this is going to be life at Disney for the next year, like as time goes on, people are just going to get more and more tired of it. I mean, like, look, the ability to wear a Halloween costume in Magic Kingdom has been pretty cool without going in on, yes. without spending to go to Not So Scary. But other than that, I mean, it's it's a it's a diminished experience, and I get it. But this is the way it has to be to protect not just yourself but others. Well, and we, we, I think in terms of, I always say there's like this Disney selfishness that kind of takes over certain people in the parks where they're like, I'm on vacation and that's all that matters. Like the mm-hmm. people who just like kind of bulldoze through other people's experience for the sake of their own. And, and now more than ever is a time where that mentality doesn't work because we're all at risk. And we, and by going there, we're all, we're all risking to a certain extent and the most we the least we can do for each other is to just observe the rules that are in place well it's private property so disney can can implement what they need to and here's my thing is you know when we look at the cast members they're there daily working to keep these these uh rules and regulations standard for everyone in the parks and you see it so much like i'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit about universal here you see it at Universal, or you see it at Disney, much more so than Universal. You know, like there, the standard is is much, much, much higher. And I think it's the fact that they're doing that though is going to hopefully lead to them being able to bring back more cast members sooner, in the you know in the long run to, yeah. to be able to maybe implement different types of structures, more social distancing stuff like that. I don't know. My whole thing is this: I really want these cast members and i really hope disney as a whole over the next five years when they go to start rehiring they look at these cast members that got laid off first i hope they're keeping a record and they say you know what this person did an amazing job because of financial situation we're in we had to let them go and they're first they're the first call you know we're making knowing disney i would assume that when these layoffs happen it was I, i would hope that it was said to these people you know, as long as they were in good standing, the door is open yeah. for the future. Because eventually we will we will weather through this. The company will rebound. It's getting, I mean, listen, it's gonna be a couple of years for Disney to bounce back from this. Oh, big they, time. I mean, they lost billions with a B, billions of dollars through this. And they're still losing because Disneyland can't open. Yeah. Um, and so you know, when you think of the, the billions upon billions of dollars that they've lost. Plus, having the, the great purchaser having Bob Iger having just bought uh, 20th Century Fox for no reason, like I mean, that's a hole that it's going to take time to crawl out. You talk about feast of famine. I mean, they literally went from a couple years ago just going, "Ah, we like it. We're going to buy it. That's ours. Yeah. We're going to take yeah. that over. You know Here's what? We're going to build it. We're going to build new hotels. We're going to we're going to you know we're going to spend billions." On this, um, there's a quote that I was reading just the other day, Kevin. I really thought it fit really well. Um, it happened in 1945, and it was Walt. And he said, uh, we're th- he was talking to Disney executives at the time. And he said, we're through with caviar. From now on, it's mashed potatoes and gravy. 
And it was just talking because at that time they were in a huge financial loss because of the war, uh, weren't able to distribute films, you know, uh, uh, overseas. And so they were just hemorrhaging money left and right. And if you look, that's really where we're at right now. The Disney companies having to say, all right, it's done with caviar. We got to quit. We can't purchase. We can't do all this stuff. Now we got to put away the pennies, you know, weather the tide and just wait this through. And the, the sad part is that, you know, weathering the tide does come into effect with these cast members. You know, it's, it's a, I guess for me, man, it's one of those things where when I heard the news, it's the saddest I've been Yeah, because it's not the parks. It's not the resorts. It's not the transportation. It's not the rides. It's, it's the cast members. They're the ones that create the magic. Like when I have stories, they're the ones that do it. Yeah. We, we, we were talking about this on the show. Um, Pete and I, this week, we just did kind of like a salute to the cast members on mm-hmm. the, throughout the news. And um, they are the magic like that. That's the thing. Like Disney can like, look at the things that we love. You know, we love the, the Haunted Mansion is great as an attraction. Well, an Imagineer who is a cast member had to build that. Yeah. We also love the the hosts, the the maids and the butlers. Those are cast members. You know, the um, the photo pass uh, photographers. Those are cast members. The um, you know the the food has to be made by someone. The um, the landscaping that we love so much has to be done by someone. Like cast members are what are the lifeblood of Disney. And to see such a and, and it's like. I don't know if it felt like this for you, but for me, it felt like, like these are, and these are 28,000 people that maybe I know 10 of them. Right. Right. Um, but it felt like 28,000 of my closest friends or family members were, were hit by something. hundred percent. And like, it brought tears to my eyes. It mm-hmm. really did. Like I was there a couple days before Disney closed and it was the day that the college program kids were basically told you're going home yeah and it was heart heart-wrenching yeah heart-wrenching they were crying in the parks and i was just like you just feel powerless in that moment like these poor folks are living their dream and they're they you know it's it's just sad and you know i think eventually talking about the future we will start to see the disney army built back up Mm-hmm. but that's not going to be today and it's not going to be tomorrow. And um, I mean, you know, the biggest casualty of all this, as far as future planning w- goes is Epcot. Yeah. Oh how yeah. Long, how, how long is Epcot going to be a wall world after all now? Like, you know, what, what an Epcot has been, has been canceled out on now. It's uh, the, the festival center I know is either in jeopardy or gone. I don't think it's going to happen, man. I, I just don't. And that, what a beautiful building that was going to be. Oh, you know I mean, just unbelievable second floor, like rooftop viewing for fireworks. Come on. Yeah. Um, the Mary Poppins neighborhood, I believe is, is, I don't think that's happening. That's pushed back indefinitely. They've taken it out of the, uh, like the Epcot, um, you oh, know, like, you go in. Yeah. And the Odyssey center, like the, where they show you all the stuff that's coming up. That's gone. That's out of there now. Um, the yeah. Moana stuff is still going to happen, I believe. The Moana walking trail, the Dreamers Point. Um, I just hope that they're they're able to because I the last couple times I've been there, I haven't seen, I haven't heard any construction going on behind the walls in future in, in future world. Mm-hmm. So I, like somebody asked me recently, they're like, are they even working? Like, are they doing this still? And I'm like, I have no idea. 
that. It's very minimal. I I know there's some going on. I know they're still actively working on Guardians and they're doing like stuff like that. But but it's one of those things where look, I mean, that's those are other people that are affected. Those are jobs that are affected by this. And yeah. I I think the saddest part, Kevin, is this was no one's fault. It'd no. be easy if we could blame. You know what I mean? If we could be like, oh, you know what I mean? Uh, Bob Chapik, you were to blame. Now, I'm not a Bob Chapik fan. I'll take Josh tomorrow as CEO tomorrow if I get that opportunity because of his love for cast members and what he does. But um, I, I, I really think that in the future, the mindset at Disney has to change. I think the mindset has to go from a Bob Iger mindset yes. to more of a Josh tomorrow mindset or even, of even, cast even, members first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or possibly even like a Michael Eisner. Michael Fritz, Eisner. You know, because Michael Eisner, for so many Disney fans, his name is Mud. But yeah, that man did a lot of good and he led them through some rough periods. All right. First off, I'm glad you said that. And this has nothing to do with this episode, but we're going to chat about it because no one yeah. else will chat with this uh, with this about me. Michael Eisner did more for the Disney parks than anyone other yep. than Walt Disney himself. 100%. Parks were always a thing for him. I mean, like under his watch, what you got, you got studios and you got animal kingdom and animal kingdom, you know, and, 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 you know, studios, I mean, was his baby and mm -hmm. got so many resorts. You got, Oh, there was so much that Eisner did. And you could, it, like, if you watch the Imagineering story episode about his tenure, it's, I was so glad that they took such a positive look at the stuff that he did because I'm like, thank you. Finally. That guy did so much, and he was a friend of the Imagineering department. Big time. He was a fan of the parks. I mean, like, he... He revitalized um, animation. I mean, yeah. Disney animation doesn't survive without Michael Eisner. No, not at all. The Disney company itself wouldn't have survived without without the things that he did. Now, here's what we need, though. We need it, because Disney animation was, at that time, done. I mean, done. Uh, yeah. We need a Michael Eisner now for the parks. And I really hope that Chapik stops looking at the bottom line. You know what I mean? I hope he really starts saying, you know what? Look, I, for me as a Disney fan, you and I both do Disney podcasts, you know, but overall we're Disney fans. I would be okay losing many uh, experiences, you know, that we were supposed to get in the future to maybe keep cast members on and certain because you walk through the parks now and there's little things and i know that everyone goes oh it's just a lemonade stand but that lemonade stand also has what eight to 16 cast members probably staffing it throughout the week you know uh, like little things like that absolutely it's just i mean you know you just hear them taking away like when when great moments in history went away oh, like yeah. that was a stab to the heart and that was before covid yeah i was like why what harm was it causing to have this show? It was injecting some life into Liberty Square. Yeah, like 100%. Outside of, outside of the Haunted Mansion, not much goes on in Liberty Square. It's like, the only reason I ever stopped in Liberty Square was to sit always, and watch the Muppets. It always drew a crowd. Yeah. Always drew a crowd. I mean, like... Uh, but see, so you're losing uh, lots of stuff like that, too. Look at um, Yeehaw Bob's gone. Look at the Grand Floridian uh, uh, Orchestra gone. When I saw when I saw the Yeehaw Bob was gone, like I literally was like, I did not order a punch to the heart today. Yeah, like, it it was. I mean, that guy's twenty four years, twenty four years performing there. He's an icon. Like the guy should be a Disney legend if he's not already. Hundred percent. And just boom out. 
Yeah. I think, I think that was the big ones where we go, okay, but for every one big one, there's, you know, 3000 people yes. that we don't see behind the scenes that now are without a job. And, and, you know, this brings us to, you know, we're talking about the future. When we talk about those customers and you mentioned it earlier, PhotoPass for, for my family in particular, PhotoPass plays maybe the largest role in our Disney vacation because it documents every every memory and every time we go to the parks. I've been able to watch my, my daughter grow through the years because of PhotoPass photographers. And the extra mile that a lot will go to get that special shot, that unique shot. Yeah. And then finding out this week, and then I verified it with a cast member who's a PhotoPass photographer who was let go, uh, that we're losing 90% of our PhotoPass photographers and they're going to put in the booths, you know, the, 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 the standalone take my picture booth that has zero personality. Uh, and that's a bummer, man. That's a huge bummer. You know, I think now you're going to start getting, you'll have PhotoPass photographers outside the castle, outside the Tree of Life, outside Spaceship Earth, and outside the Tower of Terror. And the weenies. Maybe a few in Batu, but yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to start. I mean, and when the character meet and greets come back, I think those will be all boxes, you know? Well, Kevin, how do, how do you and I, as you know, we get a lot of messages from people and, you know, talk, talk to a lot of people and we get a lot of messages from first time people who listen to our shows and they, that's how they experience Disney. And they save their money for years and years and years and years to want to go to the parks. How do you and I in good faith tell them now, Hey, spend that $169 for that photo pass because it's going to document your trip. Right. So is this short-sighted on the Disney company? Do you think? I think they're doing what they have to do to stay alive right now, to be honest. You think it's literally like the boat, like they're just pailing one pail of water at a time over the, over the bow of the ship. It's just lighten the load as much as possible to just keep going and mitigate losses. Um, Otherwise more dire things would have to happen. Um, I think that, when this is over and character meet and greets come back, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about the boxes. Maybe you start to see some photo pass photographers coming back into the fold. I mean, mm-hmm. it's possible. That would be uh, nice. That would be, I think too, I think this news this week of Bob Iger leaving the, uh, the team there in California, you know, he left Gavin Newsom's governor, Gavin Newsom's team um, shows, you know, that Bob Iger knows the Disneyland, even though Walt Disney world is, you know, massive compared to Disneyland. Yeah. I mean, talking about size, talking about the amount of employees, talking about number of guests, talking about that. Bob Iger knows that for Walt Disney World to succeed in this weird time and over the next year, two, five years, we're going to have to have Disneyland. Yes. I mean, even if it's on a limited basis, we got you have to have Disneyland. So I, I, th- I think that's I think that's one thing we'll definitely see. Um Buddy, I, I really appreciate you, man, taking the time. You know, you and I both know cast members. We know, you know, people who work for the Disney company. And, and okay. overall, we know how much they enjoy their job. And they show it. And that's, that's what makes Disney not a Six Flags and not Universal and not yes. all these other places. So yes. what makes Disney special is the fact that the cast members show their appreciation and their love for Disney, and that passes along to us. And you know which cast members I think appreciate it? Oh, I mean, I don't want to say more than everyone else, but but just as much, if not more, the World Showcase cast members. Oh, I agree. I agree. And another big thing is that when are we going to be able to get our World Showcase cast members back? That's going to take a while. And that has just been like going into Mitsukoshi Department Store and having some like 
American Robert, girl. Robert's there. But yeah, having Robert <laughs> and Jessica check me out, and you know, yeah, yeah. I was in Via Napoli two weeks ago, and um, there our server. She was so amazing. Oh, she was incredible. Her energy made all of us smile. Like I, we were, we. I, it was so infectious, and she was from Italy. And and we asked her. We said, "Were you? You didn't. You didn't have to go back home." And she goes, "I had just moved here permanently to work." And so I wasn't on the college program. So she's like, all of my friends had to had to go back, yeah. but I was able to stay. And she having her with that accent and you know her knowledge of Italy and just the experience overall, the food's great, man. I you know what I mean. I love Tapanito and I love all these other restaurants, but it's not the reason we go to those restaurants. The reason we go is for the experience. Yeah, I mean, I went to La Cellier, um couple weeks ago and I realized that a huge part of my La Cellier experience was always talking Canada with the cast members. Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, what province are you from? Like, oh, you know, oh, this, that, and the other thing. You know, oh, how about the Leafs this year? Like, it, having an American server who, by the way, was wonderful mm -hmm. um, was still, like, I realized it was just a part of the experience that was gone. Like, um, and, and those cast members are are gutted because I mean, like they, they came halfway around the world from some of them to live their dream. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not to take anything away from the folks that go, you know, halfway across the U S or, or whatever to do the college program. But these cast members literally from other countries around the world uprooted their lives, left all of their friends, all of their family came to another country to work at a, basically a fast food restaurant in for 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day for very little money yeah all because of the love they have for it um i got a message uh recently on morty's social media from um the one girl that i uh that morty interviewed um around christmas time in the uk pavilion mm -hmm. um we did a, a whole series last year going to cast members in, in world showcase and asking them how they celebrate christmas in their country and uh, she wanted to know if she could share it because, you know, her, her program was ended and she was trying to like, you know, relive some of it. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah, share, share away. Like, 100%. You know, I was like, do you want, I, I think I, I wanted to like, I, I don't know if I did or if it was requested to like, like isolate that and send it over. Um, also things like, um, like Santa. Yeah. You know, like Christmas is going to be rough this year. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, and we're making two, two trips for Christmas this year. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hundred percent different. Uh, you know, you, you or I, either one, we are not, uh, we can't see the future as hard as we've tried. Yes. You and I, we talk multiple times trying to see the future and we just can't do it. You know, we're doing our best. Morty helps more than most, but you know, <laughs> this is uh this, but not being able to look into the future. What's your hopes for Disney in the next five years? Recovery. Recovery. And then it can get back to where it was. Um, that it can learn from, it can learn where it was vulnerable to a situation like this, adapt so that should something like this ever happen again, it'll be ready for it, and seeing people get their jobs back. Um, I'm hoping to start getting nighttime shows back within the next seven months. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like, and I'd like to see you know everything back to normal by October first, 2021. Yeah, um, because that 50th, I mean. Since I moved here uh, five years ago, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be here for the 50th. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, like I realized, like, I'm going to be here on the 50th. And, 
you know, it's gonna it's gonna stink if it's a bunch of people wearing masks. You know, like, I agree. Right. And and that's not me speaking out against masks. I'm very pro mask. Uh, right, right. But it's know. just you know, it's but a special yeah. time. Yes, it is a special time, and and you want it to be the way it was. I mean, I think Fast Pass has. I think we're at, they're at the point where Fast Pass has got to come back within the next two months. I agree a hundred percent with the way the crowds are right now. Like Fast Pass is a hundred percent needed. I'd like to see them implement. You know what? You get a money grab. Implement. Uh, um what they do in disneyland i i love what they do in disneyland with your daily you pay ten dollars a day it includes your photo pass it's per person and when you're in the parks now you can grab you know pass after pass after pass you know as long as they're available and you just keep going right. um i i it, it's an influx of money that would come in people would pay it and um i think it would be good to go uh i i don't want to keep you too late kevin i do have um two things left one as we close this up um, I wanted to give everyone that's on, and and I so appreciate all of you, uh, an opportunity to speak directly to cast members. So just your words directly to those cast members affected uh, on how you're feeling right about now. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I would say, first and foremost, you know, thank you for sharing your dreams with all of us, for, you know, for 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 doing for doing the jobs that needed to be done, no matter how, how thankless people can be sometimes, how difficult it might be in the Florida heat, you lived your dream, even, even if it was for a short time, and that's something to be commended. Um, too few people in this world ever have a dream and set a goal and actually follow through on it. Mm-hmm. And as someone who respects you know the theme of that disney tries to portray of follow your dreams these cast members especially those that come from other states other countries uh all have my infinite respect so thank you you know have have faith have you know keep your chin up and know that you know hopefully there will be another opportunity for you to live your dream in the future and if there's not then you you at least know that you did it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you followed a dream and that's to be commended. And that's something that you should continue to do for the rest of your life. If there's something you want, if there's something that you feel that you need to do in your life, you know, firsthand that all you have to do is go for it. And sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it doesn't, but if you don't, if you don't go for it, you'll never know. And you guys know it more than anyone else. So yeah, things are, things suck right now. Um, But look to the future because there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. All right. Perfectly put buddy. Um, You, uh, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you. Um, You know, my history with two men in the mouse and uh, how it has a lot to do with the history of this show. And um, I have to tell you this, man. You are my favorite Disney podcaster. Oh, I, and you're, you're my favorite. So, and I look at uh, I look at myself in the mirror every day. So that really says something. That you're still my <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy. I I really appreciate you coming on. I think I think you you know whenever you have um, a podcast, a website, you know, we, there's a lot of us out there, you know, but it's still an intimate community. It is. Uh, th- there's not a lot we can do. You know, man, I just racked my brain when all this came down. What can we do? What can we do? Except for to have our voice heard, and hopefully the cast members can hear it and know we're here for you. 
You know what I mean? Know we're here. If you need an ear, like right now, if you're listening and you know a cast member, pick up the phone, text them, call them, just give them an ear to listen to. Just be there. And you know, just be the if one. you know a cast member that's been unseated in their job, then, you know, if you know someone that's hiring, let them know. Because you know what? Anyone that, that's hiring in a customer service, like, I, I mean, I used to work, I used to be the, the sales and marketing manager for an attraction up in New York. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when someone came through our doors with, with Disney as on their resume, they were moved to the top of the pile because mm-hmm. we knew that they have gotten that training. So, you know. Yeah. If you're hiring folks, consider people, consider unseated cast members. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's that's absolutely spot on. And that leads us perfectly into our, our next interview. Before we head into that one, Kevin, please let everyone know where they can find you. You got so much awesome stuff going on. Oh, it's too, way too much stuff. Um, well, first of all, if you guys are in New Jersey or the surrounding area, um, on October 17th in Parlin, New Jersey, I'm going to be performing at UWA Elite Brawl for it all. Um, some people don't know I'm a professional wrestler. And um, I'm going to be in the Brawl for It All match, which is very similar to WWE's Royal Rumble. Uh, So, yeah, if you guys want to try to come to that, it's going to be a socially distanced outdoor event. Masks will be worn. Just bring a lawn chair. Um, It will be um, in Parlin, New Jersey. So look at uwaelite.com for more information on that. Uh, you know, please check out Morty Monster, wherever he may be, uh, youtube.com slash Morty Monster. Um, Instagram is Morty Monster and Friends. Facebook is facebook.com slash Morty Monster. And TikTok now, I've learned the TikTok. Oh, okay. And um, that is Morty Monster and Friends also. We've been doing a lot of live streams at Morty on Instagram as well. And the beautiful thing about Instagram live streams is you can call in. Oh, super cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, people can call in and actually like, talk to Morty and he's been enjoying that. So um, that's been a lot of fun. And my books, um, my books are available on amazon.com. If you type in Kevin J. Kessler, uh, there's the Ross and Anti series, uh, which is a complete four book uh, fantasy action adventure series. And then there's Winters of Elnora, Birth of the Dark Angel, uh, which is also available. Uh, and the audiobooks for Ross and Anti and Ross and Anti, The Decimation of Cassid are both currently available on Audible. And of course, you and Pete are two men in the mouse. Uh, check out two men in the mouse. And uh, where's uh, give some information on Pete's uh, store. Yeah, Rogue Comics. If you're in the New Jersey area, Rogue Comics is in Cranford, New Jersey. It's uh, 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. I appreciate you so much, man. Um, I think that uh, it's it's very important for our voices uh, to be out there supporting these customers time and for you to take the time tonight. Uh, it's very late for people who don't know. Um, then Kevin's been busy, busy, busy all day, but he still took the time to yeah. uh, get with me and, uh, and talk a little about the future of the Disney parks, what we should expect over the next couple of years. And, uh, during these very trying times, my friend, stay safe, stay healthy. And, uh, until next time, I can't wait to see you real soon. You too, buddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this fourth edition of this special cast members episode of the Disney Dads podcast. Uh, We've had a great time uh, looking back at the past, the present, and the future of the parks, trying to uh, look at, you know, some of the things that have happened. Um, We've had some amazing guests on, and it's been a a real eye-opening experience to look at, you know, the times we're in and and, uh, really the the tragedies that we've had with these 28,000 layoffs. 
But for this fourth part, uh, this is a very, very important, important interview for me. Whenever I started thinking about this episode, you know, I of course thought, is there anything we can do to help? And the overall answer for me was no, I, you know, I can't, I can't raise enough money to help 28,000 people. I can't, you know, I, I can't uh, uh, go door to door and give hugs to everybody I would love to. But there was one person that I know he's a, he's a great part of our Disney family. Uh, you know, one of our really, really good friends who, uh, who has a little insight as to maybe a way we can help some of these cast members. And I'm so, so happy to have him on tonight. And thank you so much for coming. My good friend, Matthew Zurich. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited to help in any way I can during what's what I would just consider such a, such a downtime for our Disney community. So, you know, the cast members have given so much to me, my wife, my family, that any way I can help or spark an idea, uh, I'm more than happy to help. Well, before we get into how you might be able to help or, you know, what we could do, I want to talk a little bit about Disney just in general yeah. with you and talk a little about your Disney history. Uh, when did you get started in the parks? Did you grow up a Disney kid or uh, did you find it later in life? No, I was so lucky that we packed up our, oh, what was it, 1989 Chrysler mini, like the Griswold version of the minivan yeah. with, the, with the panels on the side. And my mom and dad took four kids down to Disney World in 1990. And uh, we, I never forget, we stayed off property at the uh, Guest Quarter Suites, which is in, I think, the Kissimmee Lake Buena Vista area right over right. there. And uh, ever since then, I've just been so blessed to go about once a year to Disney World. And uh, it just, it's, it's, it's where my family goes to connect. And we've talked about that quite a bit. We just connected this day. I mean, this in January of this past year, 14 of us, and now we've got, you know, nieces and nephews and grandkids all together. So we went there for 14 days this, this past uh, January, but I've been very blessed and lucky to go my whole life. Um, you know, man, uh, you and I both, um, we we love the parks, but we both appreciate, I think, more of what the parks are. And the parks are, yes, we ride rides. Yes, we eat good food. Yes, we, you know, enjoy the hotels and the theming and everything. But the parks are the cast members and the parks are the memories that the cast members create. And you and I were chatting just a little bit before, and, and you, you know, you were saying perfectly the impact these cast members have on a vacation lasts longer than any time you may have rode an attraction or had a good meal or anything like that. Yeah, it's why I go back and why I love Disney. And if you if you don't, you know, if you don't go and experience it, I don't know if you fully get it. Uh, the rides are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I could ride these rides all day, <laughs> you know, as a 35 year old man. So, but you know, when I went back and started thinking after I saw the number of people that lost their job to something that I hold so dear to my heart, I'm not going to lie. It was hit with anger and frustration mm -hmm. for so many people yeah. that um, love what they do and have made my life and my experiences that much better you know, in some examples, I just, I go back to is very lucky. I got, I got, I proposed to my wife in, in Disney World in the hub and a photo pass photographer saw it unwarranted, ran over and started just taking photos. I mean, must've snapped 30 or 40 photos that I would have never gotten if, and I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's things like that, that just make you go, that person must love what they do, but they went out of their way for me. They don't know me. 
but they care about me. And I, you know, we've all had, we all have our favorite, whether it's a, uh, you know, server at a restaurant that we request when we go to Grand California and at one of those hotels or, or for you at that California grill, I know people that we've just built relationships that you kind of see over time be affected by this and to know that helpless feeling it just it, it breaks your heart and it, any way we can help get back to some normalcy any way we can help get these people back on their feet whether it's back at disney or not we have to do um and, and i will give you credit and what we've done with i know the food bank originally and, and now this this is such a good idea that this is what being a disney community is all about yeah. You know, I think it's, it's hard too, because like you said, a, a Disney community, <laughs> I almost feel like we take and take and take and take and take, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like throughout the years, we're just like, okay, I've had great times. It's my time. It's my family's time. I have, you know, all these. And every time you go and not that you take it for granted, but you just never expect something like this to happen. Like never in a thousand years did I ever expect that all of a sudden my friends and cast members that I know and don't know are directly affected by this. And you see these people who legitimately love the lifestyle of being a Disney cast member. And they love the, the putting on the pin and putting on, uh, putting on the name badge, you know, and, and going to work and creating memories. I've talked to cast members and I'll say, what's your favorite part about working at Disney? And I swear 99% of the time, it's not, I get free uh, into the parks or I get discounts or I get to go to cast connection or I get to do this. It's, Oh, I get to create memories. Let me tell you about one. And then they always hit me up with, with a, a memory they've made. You know, I, I remember back, it was funny. You were telling the story about the photo pass photographer. I remember back we were in Epcot and Riley was maybe two at the time or three and she had a stuffed animal. She, oh, she's probably two. She was young, had a stuffed animal. And that was her, like, dude, that was her, like, <laughs> main squeeze. Yeah. I and mean, that thing, like, went everywhere, traveled the world. And uh, she lost it. Like, it, it, you know, it, it just was gone. Uh, and a photo photographer saw her crying. And he came over. And he said, you guys come with me. And he walked us over to one of the gift shops. And he, he said, just wait here. And he went back and he talked, I guess, to the, to the manager, to the lead, whoever was there. And the lead came out and said, go right now over to that wall and took her over and let her pick out any stuffed animal she want. And just said, here you go. And just that little moment, like to, to Disney, that probably cost them 50 cents, you know? But that's a memory as a parent that I'll remember forever. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. That's it. In my memories at Disney that stick with me are the ones where, you know, whether it's an animal kingdom and, I get called up with the, uh, the, in Africa when the dancers are, you know, piling up on top of each other and I, you know, I'm the tallest in the group and I'm like, I'm going to get picked and I get, have to dance in front of, you know, 200 people yeah. as a non-coordinated, you know, lanky male. And then <laughs> on my birthday in Hollywood studios, having the citizens of Hollywood roast me in front of a large group of people that it's just, I'm just getting so much enjoyment out of. And yeah. to just know that these people, we, we lose sight that they're, I, I have at times, I, and I've seen it in the parks, right? We lose sight that they're, that they're people, that they 100%. are working. It's expected as a Disney member when you go there. And you experience sometimes, all the cast members are always on top of their game so much that if you ever have a not so great experience, you know it immediately, which 
tells yeah. you everything about Disney. You're like, I don't think that was, you know, the Disney service. And if you're there for 14 <laughs> days or whatever, right? Right. When you come it back happens. and go to Target, it's a, it's a rude awakening. You're like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's so much better. Um, but yeah, I mean, the story with Riley is the exact reason I love Disney and we love Disney. It's those little things that make us keep going back and wanting more. You know, I think the hardest thing too, man, is as I've looked at this, there's no one to blame. And that's the hard part is I would love to be like, you know, oh, you know, they, they purchased another, you know, they purchased another thing and now they're, they've overspent and now they have to lay off cast members and it's going to be not the same experience, but I can't do that. You know? And like you said, when you first felt it, you felt anger. I did too. I mean, I felt true like anger because I knew the hurt that was in the Disney community. And I found out about it even before the news had broke nationally. I got a phone call and, and, and uh, was told um, directly by a cast member who had already gotten the notice. And I didn't know what to say. You know, I, I don't, I, I didn't know what to say because it's just, there's nothing you can say that's going to make that moment better. All you can do is listen be present and just try to be a sounding board and a friend of these people. And, uh, you know, it's 28,000 and about a quarter of them are Walt Disney world employees. That's I, I think what this show, what we are trying to do. Yes. We want to help you in any way we can, but we're here and we just want you to know that we love you and appreciate you and everything you've done for us. And, um, you know, this has been the whole premise of this episode. I know it's a long one. People right now, as they're listening are probably almost about two hours in, and uh, I, but I, I really appreciate people taking time and, you know, right now picking up the phone, calling a friend who's a cast member, texting a friend's cast member, you know, sending a message on Facebook, even look, even groups like the Disney dads or the, you know, bigger groups on Facebook, just put a comment down. You know, we appreciate you because they see it and it means a lot. Yeah. It's, I think we forget, right, to lead with empathy. And, and sometimes you can't say anything at all. And, and that's really difficult. You want to fix things for people that mm -hmm. you care about and that have done so many things for you. And when you can't, it's hard. Uh, and I would just, to add on to what you said real quick is, you know, if you are affected, don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you know someone affected, don't be afraid to reach out for, for help, um, to, to, yeah. to ask if they need help, to extend help. Some people won't always ask for it, but if you know they need it any way you can, you know, we can get into some of those ways that, you know, we can help and we can give ideas, but, you know, just being more aware of what these people are going through, it's stressful time. There are so, it's a stressful, anxious time for these people, um, especially ones that are so good at what they do and care so much about us. So any way we can help, we have to. I feel like it's, it's that, uh, it's that thing where, People, uh, someone, you walk into a room every day, right? For years, for a decade. And every day someone looks at you and says, I appreciate you, right? And you smile and wave the first three years, you know, or you say, thank you. And then by four and five, you just kind of nod. And then five to 10, you just walk right by. And that's what Disney cast members have done for us. Every day we've walked in these parks by their actions and by the way they've, they've uh, held themselves they said, we appreciate you being here and supporting us. And, you know, we've become a little bit jaded over time to the fact of 
man, you know, <laughs> I forget that you, you are so supportive of me and now hopefully we can be a little bit supportive back. So it's a, it's just such a strange time, man. Yeah. All you need to know about Disney cast members are watch the parade and the fireworks control the, that when they're moving people across with a yeah. smile waving. Keep it moving, guys. It's okay. Keep it moving. If you, I mean, that's all you need to know about the cast members. You know, coming from me, I couldn't last five minutes doing that. No, I no did, way. Right? Uh-uh. No. Yeah, you and I'd be like, nope, just close it up. Just lock it up. This way's closed. That light would turn into a lightsaber immediately, and I would just start <laughs> bashing people over the head. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Hurry up. Uh-oh, Justin's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I would not last very long yeah. as a cast member. But, uh, but, you know, that's what makes them super special. And you were talking about the college program. Um, we can't see the future. Uh, you know, we can't predict the future. Um, what do you hope to see from the parks in the next five years as far as college program and bringing back full-time and part-time employees? Stability again, for people, uh, you know, the number that it takes these, I, I want to say, I saw it was 75,000 75, people. It takes now to run these parks. Mm-hmm. I just hope for some sense of support for the community and getting back to why we all love Disney for the cast members. It's always going to be there for, for the consumer where we can go, whether right now it's with a mask, right. with limited capacity. Uh, I think in the next few years or so, it, it stabilizes out. We can start hiring again. I, I think the college program and, and the, you know, Epcot having the foreign national programs come in is what makes it so great. You go to Japan, 100%. you go to Mexico. It's so authentic and it's so, uh, you know, original. There's nothing else like it in the world. Yeah. So. I see it all coming back, not the same, but it's going to be back. And that's my prediction. And not being the same can be really scary for a lot of people. Uh, I know mm-hmm. during our, when we were having our fantasy football draft, we were talking a little <laughs> bit about, um, you know, max pass, fast pass, what's yeah. that going to yeah. look like? And just having that open mind to these new things. I remember when people freaked out about wishes and then happily ever after came over, it's like, Oh, it's okay. Right. Yeah. And you know, illumination and then the, the in-between show now harmonious is coming. It's just, it's always fluent, but I'm going to keep going. So cast members can, can keep going. Disney's still going to yeah. get a large chunk of my money so they can, <laughs> you know, uh, on my end, but the long winded way of we'll get there. Uh, it's going to look different and it's going to feel different for a while, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm with you. I'm look, I'm going, I'm going. I, is it weird though, that I almost feel guilty? You know what I'm saying? Like part of me almost feels guilty, but then again, I go, well, if we, if we don't go, then we're going to have more layoffs, you know? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow at the moment, but I mean, I've got two more trips, three more trips this year already, you know? It's not you, you. It's not weird to feel guilty. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, I feel really guilty to go. So I, I live out west. So I'm, you know, within a four-hour drive from from Disneyland. I was like, would I go to Disneyland if I could go today? Like, well, yeah, absolutely, I would. I would feel bad about it. I would just be extra nice and appreciative to those cast members that were there. Right. We can control what we can control, right? And we can choose our attitude, and that's kind of how we pay it forward. Versus. I think leading with anger to your point, it is hard though. Yeah, it is hard. It's, it is tough. And I think you have to find that place too, where you are, you're not okay with the moment, but you realize that you can't affect the moment 
and yeah. you you know there's only certain things you can do um i want to dive into the the main reason i'm having you on when we started talking i'll send you a message and we were chatting back and forth and um what you do for a living could directly impact some of these cast members that have been affected um you are a national recruiting lead um with tech systems um and I want to chat a little bit first about what you do, um, the company, and then we'll get into maybe how this might affect some of these cast members, maybe some advice you have for them as to stuff they could be doing right now um, to kind of take the next step um, to lead them back to employment, things like that. Yeah, and I, when, when, when you reached out, I was really happy to help in any way I can. Um, you know, first and foremost, kind of my job entails uh, a really simplified version is just finding and helping people get to their next opportunity in any way, shape, or form that looks like. So finding people roles and opportunities. For me personally, it's across the country. Uh, we're one of the largest IT staffing firms in the country, and mm. we have an umbrella of technical, non-technical uh, roles, as well as just many different umbrellas under our parent company to give people the most opportunity to find new employment. Um, when I was sitting down, just kind of making a list of things I think that are gonna be important for people that are looking, that have been affected by the layoffs. You know, I think first and foremost, reaching out to a recruiting firm, knowing who the recruiting firms, whether it's my company or other companies, are in your local area, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, especially in the Orlando area, every major recruiting firm has an office there. So right. reaching out to them, and sending your resume, which we'll talk about that in a second as well. And just getting your name out there is first and foremost, because Justin, in, in this time, and you know, your business has been affected, my business has been affected. You need to, right. ca you need to cast the widest net as possible right now, which can be really difficult to do because you don't know where to go. And a recruiting firm is a great place to start because they have access to a lot of different opportunities that you're probably never gonna see which is, I think, a great place for us to start. You know, Yeah, definitely. Uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, my just right in. Yeah, no, no. My second part, and I think it ties in with that when you start talking about resume. First and foremost, do not ever pay for someone to help you with your resume. There are plenty of people, myself included, that will help. Um, and, and we can share my, my, my email with, with Justin for the show notes and feel free to share that with anybody. I am more than willing to help you with your resume, hop on the phone, do it over email for free. I've, the five years I've been doing this, probably up five, 6,000 resumes at this point. <laughs> I've seen. So uh, I've got some experience and, and it's just a part of the service and, and a part of the, the opportunity that we offer. Yeah. Um, talk about resume for a second though. Yeah. What impact does seeing the Disney company on a resume play? It's huge. More so than not, companies want things you can't teach that are hard to learn. And the Disney culture is one of them. It shows teamwork. It shows dedication. It shows love and a passion for what you do. And, and just being honest about what you did there. Uh, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of people will spruce things up on their resume and you can, but at the end of the day, you're helping people, you're making an impact with customers, and you're making an impact on the business. The bottom line of the business is a huge deal for a lot of different companies. And what we're seeing now as a whole across the industry of just kind of everything right now 
is companies are more flexible in what they're looking for. So if you don't hit every bullet point on a job description or you see something, it's like, oh, I hit seven of the 10, that's fine. Apply yeah. for it. Ask questions about it. Find a recruiter that can help you with it versus maybe talking yourself out of every opportunity because maybe you don't hit every bullet point. Now, I know a lot of these cast members have, um, you know, like, like I said, it's it's hard to swallow the pill that maybe you're not with the Disney company anymore. But also they're going, I know there's someone sitting right now and they're going, I'm in Central Florida and 4,800 of my closest friends and cast members have also been laid off and there's only certain jobs. What is the appeal, especially now? I think we've all learned that we can pretty much do uh, most jobs from anywhere, you know, on planet Earth. I mean, we can do it over Zoom like like we are right now. You know, you and I are three hours apart and doing this. Is there a broader spectrum of jobs for these cast members uh, that are or that are uh, over the Internet than there were in previous like pre-COVID previous years that you see coming across your desk? Uh, yes, uh, it's. The whole industry has shifted for the positive. And what I would say for, for a lot of frontline cast members, as I would call them, who have the best customer service experience I've ever experienced in my life, focus on roles that, you know, can, 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 can kind of uplift that. So what, what you see a lot of now, remember, taking the next job doesn't mean the forever job. And I tell that right, to people exactly. all the time right now. So you want to do things like be open to contract work. It's not permanent. It's not full time, but a lot of times these contract works are going to be three to six month engagements that are going to pay you hourly. The hourly rate's going to be a little, a little better. And mm -hmm. with the holiday season coming up, a lot of companies are hiring for three, four, five month contracts in, for remote call centers, for customer support, all things that Disney cast members would be phenomenal at, um, with, based on my my experience. Yeah, definitely. I I think that's been the I, the cast members I've talked to. They've said to me, "How am I going to find a job in Central Florida?" And I think that's that's one reason I wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah. was because I think you got to kind of get out of that head, head that headspace of saying I have to be present you know in central florida to work you know work a job in central florida like they, they there's jobs open all around the country um that finding a recruiter like yourself like you said you might know or you do know yeah a vast majority of jobs that they'll never see so finding a recruiter is really huge in finding maybe the next employment that they uh that they could really use at this time Oh, it's, it's, you have to cast the widest net possible. I always tell people that I have recently talked to in other industries that have had layoffs, right? Number one, work with a recruiter. Number two, ask for help. Let people know you're looking. People want to help. They just don't know you're always looking for help. You know, I'm one mm -hmm. of those people. I'm really hard. I don't always ask for help when I need it. And yeah. there's times people are like, I wish you would have asked me a month ago. And I'm like, I should have asked a month ago and it would have saved me some time on, on my end. But think about you're competing with a lot of people in Central Florida. Think about jobs and think about opportunities maybe you've wanted to do before that you've never had the time for. And I know that sounds way better and maybe not practical in the time. I look at what I do in recruiting. I would challenge a lot of people to look at what I do and try to do that. It's 
a great industry. You get to help people. And a lot of times the industry is always hiring. We're always looking Mm -hmm. for people to help grow our business. So you could turn that into a recruiting job to help people. And a lot of times you don't need any experience. And what does this sound like, Justin? You don't need a lot of experience except good customer service, a good personality, <laughs> charisma, and and just a willingness to help people. Who does that sound like? So you pretty much have just <laughs> found your next Disney job is, is what you're saying. Um, it's And, and that's, that's the biggest thing too is like, and you mentioned it too, is it's not your forever job. You know, yeah. yes, you just kind of, you know, I know the heartache of losing that Disney position um, is settling now. But I think a lot of people, too, are going, well, once things get back to normal, I'd like to return yeah. back to the Disney company. And like you were saying, a lot of jobs are three, six month contracts to where you still have that option in the future to return to the Disney company. Exactly. And and those jobs, a lot of times, even on contracts, you're going to be able to act, have access to benefits through the company that's employing you. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and you're going to have, you can add your family. There's a, there's a lot of options. And I think a lot of people don't go down the contracting avenue. They just immediately look for full-time employment and they immediately go on the job board and you hit it on the head. If there's, let's just call it half of those people, 14,000 people, let's just say half are looking for a mm-hmm. similar job. The likelihood of you getting even an interview is few and far between. So what a recruiter is going to be able to do, whether it's in customer service, whether it's in help desk, if you've got some, uh, you know, customer IT support background, anything, we're going to be able to point you in the right direction and, and kind of vet you and get you through the process to help you find employment. It, it's actually, until you go through it, it feels like a foreign concept. And when you go through it, you're like, I don't know why I ever tried to find a job <laughs> the like, other this way. This makes so much sense, right? Yeah, I mean, we know, like, you know, when you actually start looking at statistics, and I won't bore, I know we're over two hours in this episode, so I'm not going to bore people with statistics, but when you actually realize how little a lot of hiring managers that are doing, look, are looking at the resume for longer than, you know, 10 or 15 seconds, it just, you start to wonder how you're ever going to find anything. So yeah. leaning on a recruiter, casting a wide net, um, and just asking for help are, are just the three points that I can't stress enough. Well, I, I have to thank you so much, man, for, for coming on tonight, for taking the time to, uh, to get together with me. Um, is there any, before, before we get into closing this up, is there any last advice maybe we didn't hit on that you definitely want to drive home to these cast members, uh, you know, that, that maybe sitting at their house right now, that could help them, you know, maybe get that net, get that, that it's a lot like working out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you get that first foot going, and you get rolling, then, you know, you start to see some progression in finding the next thing. Yeah. Number one is do not beat yourself up. It's very hard and much easier said than done. So I don't say that lightly. The second thing is just, you know, you said it, take the first step, whatever Mm -hmm. that is for you and, and put ink to paper and write down a plan. And that plan could be, reach out to Matt and find out more about contracting, reach out to Matt and find out more about what type of jobs he might have about recruiting and stay positive because when you do get an interview, it's going to come out and they're going to see it and they're going to feel it. And just know that everybody knows that what's happening right now is very unfortunate. So don't feel ashamed by it. 
and don't try to run from it in the sense of working around it. You know, I talked to some people today that got laid off and they told me they got laid off and they were a little ashamed of it. And I was like, there's nothing to be ashamed about. Mm -hmm. It's a circumstance out of your control. It's our job to let's get you in a happier place and to move you forward to give you some sense of stability back. And that's where that's all people want. You know, losing a job, getting it's just so stressful on you and your family. And, you know, just when I heard the number of 28,000, my head immediately went to it's way more than that. It's the families and the yeah. and the people that rely on those that are affected. And I was hit with this great sadness. So. Again, I just appreciate you and the Disney Dads community for such a positive place that we can do this. I will honestly say there are not any other Disney communities on Facebook that can rally so quickly and do something. If we help one person, it's it's a success. Well, now you got me all choked up here, man. I, uh, I it's easy to do. I choke up easy, but uh, <laughs> but it, I uh, I do have um. I do have a good, a, 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 a big hole in my heart right now for these cast members. And, uh, when I contacted you, you immediately said, yes, you immediately said, you know, and I know you're busy, you're super busy, but you immediately said yes. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because even if only one cast member listens to this and, and, you know, finds something that will fill that void, it's, it's, it's been worth all of it. So, um, I really, really do appreciate it. Um, the one, the one way I've liked to close every one of these interviews is to um, let you just give, you know, words to the cast members. You kind of did there, but just your appreciation. If they are hearing this, you know, maybe that that pat on the back just for everything they've done. And and hey, it's it's not goodbye. It's hopefully see you real soon. Yeah, it's. We talked about this earlier. I think before we went on. It's why I love Disney and why I go back. It's the interactions with the cast members. It's the love the cast members show me without knowing me. It's the kindness they show me and my family. Every time I go, no matter the day, no matter the time of year, it's the positivity, it's the kindness, and the smile they have when I truly believe no one else would be smiling. And they are doing it over and over and they love what they do. There's no way to describe them and how they've affected my family and people I don't know their names and I may never know. They'll just they'll never know what they've done for me and my family and, and the the kindness they've showed to us and uh, the reason we get to keep going back and do what we do and connect where we connect. It's it's our our family vacations are at Disney and where we're scattered around the U.S., we meet there every year, and there's cast members there with open arms, welcome home, when we all walk in the boardwalk together, and it's, we don't have a care in the world, and I want you guys to know you are loved, you are cared for, we are pulling for you, I am pulling for you, and if you hear this and you need help in any way, some motivation, resume help, just a, a kind word, feel free to reach out to me, I will get you pointed in the right direction. Reach out to Justin. We will we will help you in any way we can. And to anyone else listening, if you know anyone else affected or maybe a Disney cast member that didn't hear this, please point them in the direction of this and point them in the direction of me and we will help them in any way we can. And just thank you and we love you and we can't wait to 
see you guys back and 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 be back you nailed it buddy uh i will i will post um, matt's contact information uh right under this episode so as you're listening if you scroll down his contact information is right there for you um so you can reach out and uh and, and get a hold of, of matt so he can help you take that first step to maybe uh maybe filling this void that's been so deep uh over this last uh, couple of months um brother i appreciate you very very much and uh i can't wait until i can have you on again to talk about the re the, the rebirth of the company <laughs> and, and all these cast members coming back and happiness and and all the good stuff so um i really appreciate it i've had an absolute uh uh, great time chatting with you like always and uh, until next time buddy I will uh, I'll see you real soon see you soon thank you sir Man, what a uh, what an emotional uh, um, episode this has been to talk to these four very unique, uh, amazing people that all have uh, fantastic views on this subject. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to talk about things like this, but I think today and this episode really warrants you know the three and a half hours we've spent together to dedicate to these cast members. Uh, to close this episode up, though, I, I gotta I gotta come back. To my buddy, uh, thank you so much for uh, for making the time tonight to come back in. I know you had a chance to uh, to hear each of the interviews, and I want to chat a little bit about your thoughts. Uh, so tonight, uh, Mike, how are you, buddy? It's good to have you. I'm good. You know, I, obviously, you and I we chat most most of the most sometimes more than me and my wife chat. And after listening to this episode today, uh, all of the interviews, I really wanted to chat with you and talk about it. But I said, you know what, I got to save it for the show because, uh, you know, I, I want to give you my, you know, my raw emotion from what I felt today. And uh, man, you did an amazing job. It was absolutely incredible. Um, like you said, these are four people with amazing points of view. Uh, really hit home. Uh, one thing that I do that I do want to mention. Not everybody heard the whole episode. There was something kind of familiar that that kind of rang through 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 them and two stories in particular uh, the first one was when jeff was talking about walt's story about buying his first class train ticket and buying a one-way ticket to go live out his dream and then not so long ago in the episode later we hear about dave you know uh buying his ticket to you know follow a dream and you know jump on a cruise ship and um i, I saw a real similarity there you know uh jumping into the unknown uh doing something you want to do and and just really you know going out it with 100%. I mean, you know, more power to Dave because I don't have the courage to do that. You know, I don't know if I could ever do that. I, I went the safe and easy route, you know, with my job and career. And, and you know, I've never taken risks like that, you know. And, um, man, more power to him for doing that. And, you know, listening to Kevin talk today about, you know, the future of the parks and what's going to be, you know, what we think is going to be there, especially him being in Florida and seeing what's going on down there firsthand uh, was great. And, of course, Matthew, you know, Matthew's a, such a great guy, such an amazing part of our Disney family. And to have him give his, you know, advice and perspective about, you know, looking forward in the future and, and what marketable talent that that Disney cast members have to bring to a, you know, a, 
a workplace environment. You know, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, I spent ten years with the New York Mets, and their training is a lot like Disney. Like, you know, they they have the same kind of values and whatnot. They can't come anywhere near the scope of what Disney does, but that's the type of model employee that they really aspire to have. You know, in the customer service base and in the venue base, and 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 you know, they said, listen, we could have the worst team in the world, but if we have a good staff to you know welcome the people to the ballpark, then you know you're gonna you know you're gonna have attendance and you're gonna you know be successful. And um, you know, we certainly see that a lot with Disney. You know, it's not all about the roller coasters; it's about the the amazing experiences that they've brought forth to our families. I think what's taken kind of precedent throughout these interviews, you know, I didn't know what to expect going in because it's so emotional to talk about as not only a Disney fan, but then to have people on who are either directly affected or their livelihoods are directly affected or just, you know, their, their lives in general as Disney fans and Disney personalities are affected. Um, it was a very, uh, emotional time and, and, I, it really, to be honest, man, I love recording. I love doing this. I love being with you guys and doing this. And a lot of times where you were kind of mentioning earlier when we talk about it, the, the episodes are fun. They're lighthearted. They're, you know, they're jovial. They're, they're just a blast. You know, this one, uh, this one took it out of me this week to try to, to you know, to, to, to really, cause it's just so hard, man. It's so hard to, even wrap your head around what's happening with all these Disney cast members and with the parks. And, um, I really do think that, you know, from Jeff all the way to Matt, uh, and, and, you know, Dave and, and Kevin in between, they told such great stories. And like you said, I, you know, I never, I didn't put two and two together whenever I was, whenever we were doing the interviews, but, um, those stories about Walt and Dave, but there was a lot of others too, you know, about, ways that the cast members have affected their personal lives that those cast members will never know. They'll never know that they played that big of a role on someone's individual life. And that really stands out to me throughout all of this. And I hope it's something that if you're a cast member right now and you're listening and you've been affected or you know someone who's been affected, I hope you're proud of yourself and you're proud of them for the joy that they have brought to families for years and years and the memories they've helped create for these families because there's not too many people and not too many jobs around the world that I think people can say that and uh, a Disney cast member is definitely the gold standard of, of creating memories and and making a place magical that you know you pay to go and 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 spend time with your family but but they create the magic whenever yeah I agree and um, I mean I could say it a million times and and I know like like we've talked about it before you brought it up in the episode before like there's only so, there's no much so much we can do except give support and um from the bottom of my heart i mean they have every you know every prayer every bit of support that i could possibly give and uh you know we really do appreciate what they've done for us and you know i think dave was saying one of the things that you could help do is you know come back to the parks and man we are we are dying to get back down there you know justin i know you've been going down quite a bit uh you know jason's got a trip planned and believe me when when my state allows uh so to speak for me to be able to come back and not have to take off of work or whatever the case may be i will certainly you know we'll be the first ones down there you know as soon as we get the aok that it's okay for us to you know safely travel according to the standards and 
you know, unfortunately, I have a government job. And uh, if I do leave the state and I come back, then I have consequences. So um, it's not that I don't want to go. It's not that I'm not safe and that I feel safe in Disney. It's a matter of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired that I can't. You know, it's just unfortunate because of the uh, circumstance that we're in. But um, but yeah, I mean, what an emotional episode, man. I mean, uh, you know, you know me. I, I don't uh, I don't tear up or choke up much, but uh, it was definitely raw listening to you guys. And um, you have the, from the bottom of my heart, you have a little bit of support from us that we can possibly give you. Yeah, uh, Mike, something I'd like to do with uh, with everyone that's been on tonight and something we finish every episode with are some closing thoughts. Um, if you could give if you could talk to the cast members one on one, you know, if you had a way to be in 28,000 years and uh, you were able to, to kind of give them just a, you know, a pat on the back or, or a thank you, uh, buddy, why don't you leave them with some uh, with some closing thoughts? Well, I think the first thing I want to say is thank you. You know, I have memories that I'll share for a lifetime, but realize that as a cast member, you it doesn't define you. You've def- you've defined that position. You know, just because you're not going to be a cast member anymore, it doesn't take away any of the good stuff you've done. It doesn't take away any of the good character that you've brought. It doesn't take away any of the amazing memories that you brought to family members. Um, you you've created a long, outstanding memory and 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 magic so to speak for people that won't be able to experience it anywhere else and uh don't let your job define you because you've already defined yourself as being an amazing people uh you nailed it it's um look for me i i can't begin to say thank you enough uh to all the uh, cast members affected to all the cast members still working um we're here to support all of you and so whether that be coming to the parks or um there'll be some links in the show notes below for ways you can uh, either contact Matt or uh, the customer pantry and a couple other things that maybe may, may be of a little bit of help to you right now. But I want to leave everyone with this. The Disney Dads family is here to support you and your family. And whether that be an ear to where you just need to vent, you need to you need to talk a little bit, uh, we're here. So please don't hesitate to reach out to uh, Mike, Jason, or myself um, because that's what this is all about. Um, Walt always looked at the company at the company as a family and um and you guys are family to us and we love you very much and uh, and we appreciate everything you've done and look this is just a small hurdle to a large step towards your next big adventure and i really really look forward to keeping up with you catching up with you and seeing that next big adventure and uh we're going to close this episode with something really special we're going to close with some words from our disney dad's family uh directly from them to uh to you the disney cast members and uh mike buddy i really appreciate you thank you so much for this week for getting with i know the schedules were a little crazy um but thank you for taking the time and and being with me to to open and close this episode let's read some of our disney dads responses and words of encouragement to the disney cast members each of us has a dream a heart's desire it calls to us And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. All right, our first email is from Andrew Hage. And it says, Hi guys, my favorite memory of a cast member was on our first trip. Our daughter, who was 11 now, was two and a half at the time. And we were there celebrating her being cancer-free for one year. 
We were in line for the carousel, and we were stopped in line right next to the operator. We were talking to her about how we had heard Cinderella had a special horse in the carousel. When the ride stopped, she opened up a rope and asked us to follow her and led my daughter to a horse that she told her was Cinderella's horse. It made it so special for her, and let's be honest, for her mother and I. Since then, we have been hooked. It's not the door whip, the roller coasters, or the pools that keep us coming back. That's all the great, but that's the cast members that make every trip fantastic. From our good buddy Michael Taylor, says to all cast members past, present, and future, thank you for everything you do for us and giving us the most magical experience possible every day. You guys are the lifeblood of Disney and truly make things happen. The world is a little less magical without you guys around. Until then, please stay strong, healthy, and safe, and we will see you real soon. Some people are worth melting for. Sobel, let me just say that cast members are the embodiment of positive energy that flows through the Disney parks. The difference they make was overwhelmingly felt on our very first trip and continues to play a vital role in the reason we keep going back. When I'm out in the real world, I often find myself comparing my current interaction with how different it would be if I were taking place at Disney. I remember being at one Michigan's premier vacationing location in an ice cream shop and being turned off by the indifference of the person attending to me. My thoughts immediately went to the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor and how I've always had great interactions there. The comparisons aren't always negative. I recently complimented a surveyor after visiting a local museum and the additional comments section I mentioned that the dossier I encountered that day reminded me of guest experience I received at a Disney cast member and explained that it's the highest compliment I could possibly give. My cast member story. When we were at Disney World in February of 2019 for my daughter's birthday, we were waiting outside the Pioneer Hall for our Hope You Do review reservation when, spotted, when we spotted Irene. We noticed Irene was armed with her trusty DSLR, a variety of theme signs. Since we had some time, we asked if she could take my family photo. That's when the magic began. Irene took her time. She posed us and reposed and reposed and posed us some more. She was so sweet and chatted with us throughout. And then she noticed my daughter's birthday button. And so it began, her private birthday photo shoot. We've had a lot of great photo pass experiences over the years, but that's one that always comes to mind and everything had to do with Irene. Moving inside, let me quickly say that one of the best overall experiences we had at Walt Disney World was the Hoopty Doo review. The food, music, laughter, and Disney energy were as good as it gets. But I'll never ever forget when my son, who, in who isn't interested in being in the center of attention, was asked to participate on stage. Kudos to the cast members, performers who took this boy, who refuses to perform, form in front of two dozen people at Tales with Belle and coached him up, dressed him up, and took him up on stage for them to perform in front of 350. It was such a proud moment and I thank the cast members for putting him at ease. Irene and the Hoop to Do Review cast are one of the best Walt Disney nights ever for our family. A few additional shout outs go to Eleanor from Coronado Springs, Patience, the Main Street Balloon Handler, and Adolfo, the Palo Waiter on a Disney Dream.
Look inside yourself. You are more than what you have become. Remember who you are. From Tim Jackson, he says, During our family trip last year, we had a fast pass for a character meet in Animal Kingdom. Well, the line was longer than normal, and one of our sons, who was two at the time, wasn't having it and threw an epic, inconsolable tantrum. We've all been there, buddy. Uh, Right before it was our turn, Mickey wandered into the queue area to see who was making all the noise and carries him into the photo pass area. He instantly calmed down and gave Mickey a huge hug. The rest of the crew was great as well. The photographers talked to all three kids and spent a solid five minutes with us and took close to 100 photos while we were there. They saved our morning and gave us some of the best memories of the whole trip. When we got back to the hotel, we sent that team a huge thank you on the Twitter feedback account. Robin Allen says, Hi, Disney Dads. I know I'm late getting my story in, and it's kind of long, but if there's time, here it is. In May of 2019, we had the scariest situation happen during our trip. It was the amazing cast members who helped save the day, and I will forever be grateful. It was Mother's Day, and I woke up unable to sleep. Super excited to hit the parks. I tried to wake up my daughter and husband, but they were sleepy and not ready to get up yet. I decided to go get drinks and breakfast treats and quickly service while they slept. I said goodbye to hubby and the kiddo and went off in search for coffee. 15 minutes later, I, I left Sassalula with, with my arms loaded with drinks and treats, only to look up and see my husband sprinting across the courtyard towards the lobby like his feet were on fire. I thought at first they must be playing tag with my daughter, but then I realized she wasn't, she wasn't in front or behind him. Where's Kenzie? I shouted. He pointed to the lobby and kept running. Fear struck me as I ran to follow. As it turned out, when I left our hotel room, my husband got up and went to the bathroom. He was in there with the door closed and the fan on, and my daughter woke up. She had heard me leave and thought that we'd both left to go to the parks without her. She put on her magic band, on her shoes, unknown to me, left our hotel to race after me. She was only five years old. If you've ever been to Port Orleans French Quarter, you know those balconies can be confusing. She quickly got lost trying to find her way down. My kiddo was lost, unsupervised, in a huge resort, and neither my husband or nor, nor I knew it yet. The story does have a happy ending. The cast member found my daughter wandering around in her PJs and could tell she was in distress. She was able to tell them my name so she could look us up and call our room and alert my husband. He was running to get her in the lobby when I saw him. My brain will forever torture itself for the what-ifs and what could have happened that morning. Gratefully, though, my daughter was safe, cared for by the amazing staff at the Port Orleans French Quarter. They set her up with cartoons, pretty much gave her an entire roll of Mickey stickers to keep her calm, and they waited for my husband to arrive. We've had our share of magic and pixie dust on trips, but I can never repay the amazing service of those cast members that morning. This is me sending a huge virtual hug of gratitude to every cast member at Port Orleans French Quarter and to all the Disney cast members. Thank you for what you do, big and small. You make the difference for so many families. Our trips would not be magical without you. Donald Wolverton Jr., he says, uh, My story is nothing special, but on our last trip, my kid's first trip, my son was dying to ride Test Track with us, but the line was outrageous. 
When the cast member at the end of the line saw that my son was upset, he gave us three fast passes so we could ride it. That made my entire trip. Jen Kroger says, On the last night of the DDP cruise last July, we were looking around in the gift shops before seeing the show. Our seven-year-old Chloe was looking for an Ariel doll as Ariel is her favorite. We looked on all the shelves, but couldn't find one. So with some sad tears, she picked Cinderella instead. We were running late for the show, so the cast member at the register asked if we wanted to wait until after the show to purchase our items. We agreed. When we returned to buy our items, he had found an Ariel doll for Chloe. Disney magic for sure. Irene Smith, cast members are the best. We have been lucky enough to have so many special memories and moments with them. This special pixie dust moment happened in March of 2018 at Disneyland. We did a four-day mini vacation with our daughter and grandkids. On Sunday, we were headed home, one more stop at Downtown Disney for me to pick up my Christmas ornaments. This was the year they were remodeling the World of Disney store, so no ornaments. We asked the cast member, she sent us to another store, still no ornaments. We asked the cast member there. She told us they moved them to the park. So now I'm crying. You see, every year this is what I do. I pick up new ornaments for Christmas. They mean so much when I get them from the park. Steph is a manager for Macy's, so she decides we need to talk to customer service. On our way over, Steph spots a cast member with a clipboard and headset. She first starts off with, I don't know if you help if you can help us, and then explains what is going on. I don't say a word. I can't, I have tears in my eyes. She tells her about me waiting for the last day and how I didn't want them to get damaged. She smiles, looks at us, walks over to the gate, tells the cast member at the gate to let us in, and the other cast member asks if we need an escort. She sweetly says no. They are going in to purchase Christmas ornaments. My heart was about to explode. I smiled and thanked her so much. I gave her a hug. Steph took her name, and yes, we wrote a letter to Disney. We will always remember Marilyn from Florida. By the way, we had left David with the grandkids, eight-month-old, four-year-old, and a seven-year-old, eating near the World of Disney store. He didn't have a clue what happened. Thank you to every cast member. And yes, I learned my lesson. I bring a styrofoam ice chest and place my ornaments in it as I buy them throughout our visit. No more last day. And so our journey comes to an end, but yours continues on. Grab hold of your dreams and make them come true, for you are the key to unlocking your own magic. Now go, let your dreams guide you. Reach out and find your happily ever after. And finally, from an anonymous cast member, he says, to my fellow cast members, I've struggled for the past week to think of the right words to say. Initially, I wanted to call and leave a message, but I don't think I could stream enough words together to form a cohesive thought. Truth is, we are hurting. We are devastated, and we are suffering from fear and loss the world looking in can't fully grasp. This past week has been the hardest of my career. Every waking moment has been full of fear and sadness as I both await the dreaded call and watch my closest friends, family, and loved ones receive the news that their time to create magic is coming to an end. We love what we do. Heck, the majority of us would do it for free. This makes it harder as this is more than just a job. It is a dream come true, a chance to create happiness in world 
that can be full of chaos. As far as work goes, I have no doubt the 28,000 are capable of accomplishing greatness. Things will be tough, and the adjustment away from the mouse will take time. But just remember that you are coming from one of the most desirable workforces there is. The world knows who we are and how many can say that. For those leaving these castle walls, I love you all, and I am so proud to have worked beside the most amazing group of people there is. Someday, should you choose to return to the mouse, the adventure will continue, your safari will resume, a world of imagination and culture will reach out, and these castle walls will welcome you back. Remember, wherever you go, you create happiness. This isn't just something told to us on day one. It's a part of who you are, so don't let that change. To all the cast members out there from the Disney Dads, see you real soon. Now, Mouseketeers, here's one thing we want you always to remember. Come along and sing our song and join our We'll all be friends wherever we may be. Productions.